Welcome to Rapid Reviews Radio Podcast, episode 133. I am your co-host, Kylie Well, and I'm joined by my ever-present co-host, Pete Beckett. Yo. And we are going to have a fun and loosey-goosey show today because, um, well, do I make the announcement now, Pete, or do I let you do that? Well, I was going to wait until the end of the episode, but I, we'll, I guess we'll do it now. Well, anyway, it's our last episode now before, well, for three weeks. But we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but it's for a good thing, not a bad thing. The ground. No, nah, I've just given up. I've had enough. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I need, like, three weeks of recuperation. I'm joking. I, hell, I need a podcast co-host. Start sending in your resumes now. Or CVs. Um, <laughs> what, just a co-host or an editor? Uh mm organizer oh, yeah. social media you presence to, you have to do all everything you're, the only you're, thing you, either that or you'll need a team behind you yeah because the only thing you don't have to do is say welcome 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 <laughs> and drink <laughs> and drink that's i mean that's optional oh my gosh it is so warm in here i'm dying um <laughs> great start to the episode yay <laughs> so well i do like to start every week uh asking my guests but i don't have any guests today uh how they're only me been, so. only pete who's not a guest but a permanent fixture permanent residence a of piece the of furniture Review. in the house piece of furniture rapid reviews podcast lore <laughs> ah i'll anyway. tell you that there you go pete how has your week been uh my week's been insane uh mm-hmm. So I spent, uh, it was the last week of work, so I've now officially finished before I start into my new job, but we'll not talk about that anymore, because that was dull. So, anyway, let's talk about games, because I've been playing a lot over the last couple of weeks. Yes, go for it. So, uh started out by playing some Roller Drome, so it was the game that came to mm-hmm. PS5 and PS4 and PC a couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh, review ongoing, by the way, so won't give Ooh, full thoughts, okay. but... Uh, I did text you early on, and I still am going to mm-hmm. stick by this. Uh, very mm-hmm. strong contender for Game of the Year this year. Which was surprising to me in some ways, but not in others, if that makes sense. Oh, it's a very style, uh, stylistic game. Like, yeah. It's very interesting, very very fluid, and I'm really enjoying it more than I ever thought that I would. Like When I saw this on the uh, State of Play, I believe it was, I did message you and said get a mm-hmm. look at this game, I'm really interested in it. So mm-hmm. it came along for review and I thought, why not? Right. Yeah, I'm I'm more blown away by it than I ever thought I would be, so but that's all I'll say for now. Ooh. I like but, it. I'm intrigued. Yes, but as a result of that, it's led me on to going on to PlayStation a little bit more this last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, so as a result of that and having premium service, which I am not going to recommend because I think it's a terrible service at its present state, but it did give me access to a, uh, some DLC and a, a game that I've been waiting to play for a while, which is uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Right. I want to hear about this. Oh, I've completed it. And how, I long really... did it how, how long uh, was the about, how long was the gameplay? Uh, about fifteen hours, I would say, but probably about twenty okay. for me because I suck. Um... Well, <laughs> no. No, there were a couple of moments in there that were quite challenging actually like a couple of combat encounters that were a little bit difficult but uh i really really enjoyed miles morales and i'm gonna say Mm -hmm. that i really enjoyed it more than spider-man 
actually, right. because that was the other game that I've been playing, because straight after I finished Miles Morales, I went on and played Spider-Man. Right. Always uh, doing things backwards. And yes, I've completed that as well, <laughs> and I think the story is better in Miles Morales. It's more condensed, it's a lot more streamlined, and a lot more enjoyable, but there are some very cool moments in Spider-Man. It does make me a lot more excited about 2 now, though. Right. So that's a huh? bit of a problem, because I'm now sitting on the edge of my seat going, is it here yet? <laughs> but um, because they're on PlayStation Plus Premium, I am going to be playing through the DLC as well. So uh, I right. started out with the Black Cat one first. Right, which I heard is pretty good. Have you... Pretty average so far, if I'm honest. Oh, I'm about an hour okay. into it, and it's not really that great. Right. A lot of the same, if I'm honest. Oh, right, right, right. Now, see, I have to admit, I mean, I think this is not a hot take. Aha. Um, but I think that DLC... Yeah, I'll give you an example. I think DLC should always be different. Mm-hmm. Unless the gameplay... Like, it, let's say Red Dead Redemption 2, if it had ever got DLC, I would have liked that to just be an expansion of the story. But on more condensed things, I like the DLC to be different and a different experience. I um, mean, uh, like Skyrim and vampires, you know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Sort of like, uh, uh, was it? Uh, what's the name of the game? Curse of the Blood Dragon, I think it was. It was like incredible. Yeah, different. yeah, yeah. Way different. Yeah. Um, Far Cry. Yeah, yeah. I love that. But uh, I, I mean, it is a lot of the same, really, because it's a lot of the same story structure, mission structure, and sort of stuff like that, mm -hmm. combat encounters and all that. So it is an extension of what's already occurred, because I think one of the DLCs does come back to one of the main points that happened in the main story. So right. it does sort of go full circle in some respects. Well, I will tell you what the most boring DLC I have ever played in my life ever was. Um, and nothing has even come close to the boringness of it. That is Mothership Zeta in uh, oh, Fallout, Fallout, 3. Fallout 3. Um, I'm getting... Okay, uh, audience, let us know. I'm getting some glitches over here in our video feed. Just tell me if it's coming through all right for y'all guys. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no. Fallout 3 DLC, Mothership Zeta, was the most boring thing I've ever played in my life. I... I've heard that it a lot just, from people who loved Fallout 3 as well. Yeah, it was too long for her. Uh, it didn't have enough stuff in it, and mm -hmm. it didn't quite... I mean, Fallout 3, all the Fallout series is kind of out there anyway. Uh, so I can't say that, oh, it messed with the lore and that's a bad thing. I mean, it was too quirky, but not in a good way. Since, like, the weapons were too out there, too far out. Um, because you know, like in Fallout Three, there is a part where you can get this. This is in the main game. You can get like a zapper. I probably didn't and, get that far to sort of know that. And well, you get it, and or is that in New Vegas that you get the zapper? I think you can get it in New Vegas, actually. Okay. And then you can upgrade it, and it's a laser zapper, but it's limited use. Um, I think once you use the ammo, it's gone. Well, Mothership Zeta is like tons of laser weapons like that and it's mm. unlimited and it, it takes the kind of novelty away of it yeah and they're kind of op anyway so uh, okay brent's confirmed three had the zapper okay so it was three okay um kind of blanked out there <laughs> but <laughs> uh yeah and you can upgrade it and it becomes like this really lethal weapon instead of just like this kid's toy 
but I really want to play New Vegas now. <laughs> <laughs> Which has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, so overall, I mean, audience, I'd love to hear from you. But overall, for me, that's the most boring DLC I've ever come across in the whole mm. time I've ever played games. I'm trying to wonder, right? Because I don't play that many DLCs, if I'm honest. Uh. So, hmm. I'd have to think on that. Not going to give an answer. <laughs> well, what else have you been playing? What you've been playing? Well, that's, that, that's basically about it. But I've got, uh, I've got a few games got on the roster. Yeah. Well, I've got a few games on the on the horizon. That I still need to play through because I've got the Switch version. Like Horizon. Uh huh. No, I haven't got that to play because I'm not yeah. really wanting to play another open world game after playing Spider Man and Miles Ooh. Morales. Okay, interesting. Well, not Very not entirely. It's just you know, I'm sort of, mm-hmm. that's a like nearly forty forty five hours of open world games. I just yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of them usually. So for me to crawl through those, I need a bit of a detox from. Hmm. But anyway, okay. I want to know yeah. what you've been playing because I, I I've been hearing some interesting things about a game that people seem to hate on the internet called Saints Row. Gonna leave it open ended. I was gonna be like Fallout, Fall Guys, Fallout Guys. No. Um. No. Okay. I, I need your hot takes about Saints Row. Come on. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you right right now. Pull up your chair. <laughs> Get comfortable. <laughs> um, no. Okay. So a little background info because I always think that's important to flesh out things. Um. Saints Row has been one of my favorite series. You've heard me talk about on the show. This is bona fide, not blowing smoke up. Saints Row has been one of my favorite series since I first played it. Uh, it did, I mean, Saints Row 2 is the one that took off. Saints Row 1 was kind of generic, just, okay, I like the mini games type thing. And then Saints Row 2 was amazing. And then Saints Row 3 blew my socks off. Um, Saints Row 4 wasn't great, but, you know, I played it. And then got into hell and all that kind of stuff. So I'm what I'm saying is I'm giving you my credentials that I am a Saints Row hardcore OG OG not old G OG fan. <laughs> I mean both are probably out. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's like old gangster or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Original gangster. Oh, that's it. Okay. Um, this is where Pete plays a snippet of Original Gangster, the song. But, um, and then we no, can DMC picked up. I am not um, doing that. Uh-huh. This is why I run things, not you. Yes. I'm the one true. who has to deal with the DMCAs if they ever happen. I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> we will not have any Breaking Bad references here. Thank you very much. You know what, though? I'm going to break a little bit here. So, so say... you're going to go off to the side of your <laughs> side discussion. Yep, I am. Good God. So, I I don't like Breaking Bad. There, I said it. I said it. I don't like it. I tried it. Yeah. I tried it. I got through see, episode three, and it's just not for me. Everyone is unlikable. And then, you know That's what's funny? That's the point. That's the point. Well, see, here's what's funny. The guy that made it, I forgot his name right now. Uh, uh Skilligan? Yes, him. He released a statement where he said, you know what? The further I get away from... Breaking Bad man, I forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, the worse he is, and I don't like him. And I was like, you wrote him, and I don't like him now. Um, so anyway, back to what I was saying about Saints Row. You know, Breaking Bad and Saints Row have a lot in common. <laughs> okay. 
But no, uh, so really what I'm doing is I am giving you my background that I'm not like a fly-by-night person, fan. Um, so I'm halfway through Saints Row. Okay, sorry, uh, let me just stop you there. All, all of that side road, side street to say, I'm a fan of Saints Row. Yes, I'm just giving you my <laughs> um, We've got a first timer in chat. I, I know, I'm aware, but carry on. Okay. Um. So Saints Row. I'm halfway through. That's what I was saying. The reboot. Um, the reboot. The character creator is is great. I well. Okay. Wait. Let's take a step back before I even talk about the character. Yeah, I want creator. you to acknowledge this picture that you sent. Okay. <laughs> so look at this face right now. If it doesn't break your screens. Go to the um, add some add some pink more pink tints by the way. Just put yeah pink tint in the hair, but don't touch the face. Go to the default Asian character. This is what you get. It was so freaky. It's, <laughs> just uh, like... uh, I showed Rach that, and she also thought it was uncanny. And then I told yeah. her it was the default Asian option, and she was like, "What?" I didn't touch the face. <laughs> At all. Like, at all. I just added pink to the hair. That's it. Makeup's all the same. Everything. Madness. And uh, face structure, everything. And I it's mean, like, oh my gosh. I mean, to be fair, I got an incredible laugh out of that, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so it was I great. I, I showed everyone. Um, So I was like, okay, okay. So already this game gets an A plus from me. <laughs> but... um. So here, so actual gameplay. The driving is great. I like the driving. I heard uh, people were complaining about it, but uh, Saints Row's never had great. It, it had better driving than uh, GTA Four. Four. Ugh. That was the God, that worst. Hyper realistic driving. Yeah. No, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, I play yeah. games to have fun, not be what, hyper where realistic. You, where you need to turn the camera to actually be able to like oh. do a handbrake, like. Mm -mm. Oh, it was just a stupid no no let's not get no. into that that's a whole thing no. no it's just the worst driving mechanics well so saints row driving mechanics i actually think they've improved on them since three you don't do a lot of driving in four um because you're a superhero and you just jump around and fly. who needs a car when you can fly exactly around? exactly i mean tony um, stark and... still drove around in those aldis in the films though which is always a bit weird <laughs> Yes, it is weird. Uh, yeah, because if I could fly, I would never drive again. Um, there you go. That's how we rescue the climate, is give everyone the ability to fly. Um, but... Yes, because we're going to create an Iron Man suit for everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've already seen what yep. the internet is capable of. It's true. <laughs> Morbid time. Oh, but... do not. Don't. Don't. <laughs> I've tried to distance myself away from that absolute disgrace of a meme. Oh, Pete, you have to call this episode Morbin Time because it's so old no, now. No, the meme is dead. I'm not doing that. I know. That. <laughs> what makes it great? I but... might even just name it. I will not name this after a dead meme. Oh, my gosh. Just call it dead meme. But back to Saints Row for the millionth time. Um. So, anyway, here's the thing. This is the underlying problem with me with Saints Row, the new reboot, since we saw the teaser trailer and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They renamed Rim Jobs to Jim Robs. Terrible. It's and not even Freckle. A clever pun anymore. No. And Freckle Biatches to FBs. Ugh. I'm going to say BFG. The worst. The worst. Yeah. 
that kind of tells you what we're dealing with now storyline it's the same it's very typical saints row because saints row is not big on story uh a bunch of dorks uh try to be gangsters and it's hilarious that's every saints row game since saints row 2 um your protagonist is a dork the only one that's not a dork is gat and since gat is not in this well remember i'm halfway through so if there's any like yeah the gat was always an idiot yeah, but he's really cool. Yeah, he like, was cool, really but he cool. was always an idiot. There, that yeah, that's why. Yeah, uh, no spoilers. Um, but so same thing, bunch of dorks, uh, getting together, trying to run an empire. Okay, that's fun to me. I love mm-hmm. dorks. Uh, I love building empires. Um, but here is the thing: gameplay is fun. Story is very basic. There's not a lot. There's nothing new here. There are a lot of homages to the old games. Yeah. A lot. And I did get worried because there's a lot of like if you uh, look, look in the windows. Days. Well, if you look in the windows of houses, you'll see JPEGs in there and they're like JPEGs from uh I think uh the first Saints Row or whatever. Uh-huh. And I started thinking, wait, people might think that this is actually the graphical standard rather than an homage. I think some of that stuff's kinda happening. Okay. And there's a lot of in jokes, a lot. And then that's why I realized, and I posted this on Twitter and I stand by it, which is this new Saints Row, it's not made to get fan new fans. It's made to go, hey, look, old fans, we can do this. Let's start a new franchise. Yeah. Um, that's my theory anyway. Um, but my one glaring thing, which is what I just mentioned, which is there's no raunchy humor. Yeah, that's the was always the disappointing part, and I had sort of had that very feeling from clean. the very first moment they showed the game. Yeah, off. it's very clean. It's very homogenous. There's some cussing, yeah, but there's some cussing, and that's cool. Um, and there's some, you know, like it's always been kind of pushing the limit on uh, like LGBT things and stuff like that, and that's all. That, but it doesn't feel like it's pushing the limit anymore because we're, you know it's like a common thing now so it doesn't well, let, feel let, yeah let's not go down that rabbit hole on this particular podcast and well I, that, but, I, but i'm just talking about that. i know yeah, what you, i know what you that. mean yeah. but yeah but there's no potty humor which is always <laughs> yeah. like the funniest like some of the stupidest yeah. things about the game it's like, like how dumb I mean, they were they were so dumb and that's what i miss i miss the uh uh the Gun, the beatbox, the, 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 it was the big dubstep giant stereo gun. dubstep. Thank you. I missed that. And then, okay, look, I'm going to say, I don't know if you have to beep this or not, Pete, but you know, the dildo gun and oh, our dildo. I'm not bleeping uh, that. That's gun. just, you know, you know, it like, those were fun. Like you would beat off zombies oh, for f- <laughs> with a dildo bat. And that was your get, that was flipping, okay. that okay. was Saint Row. Right. We have our title. um, so now it's just it's very clean it's very nice it's very like non-offensive but not in like a pc way in just a Mm -hmm. we're good kids you know we don't do bad things you know blah 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 it's very wholesome that's the word i'm looking for wholesome which wholesome can be good but i miss rim jobs no, wholesome is. I, I think wholesome <laughs> is dull to me. Give me some edge. I love a bit of edge. Well, 
I've always maintained, and I've said this since the beginning of the uh, show, which is I love cute mixed with like psycho. Like I mm-hmm. love that. So, you know, you could argue that Saints Row 3 is very, very wholesome, but it's very dirty. Yeah. Very dirty. Oh, it's good. And I love that. Yes. <laughs> but there's okay. no naughty bits. Yeah. So that's my take on Saints Row so far. I'm only halfway through it. It's good, but it's not naughty. Okay. So. Fair enough. I've heard yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of inconsistencies with story, but that's another I... thing that we can obviously talk about at another time. Well, I strongly believe, here's what I strongly believe, that a lot of the people that are, not everyone now, but a lot of the people, I'd say the major people with blue checks and, you know, major reviewers and stuff, I don't think they ever played Saints Row. No, probably not. Because I'm like... I'm starting to get that feeling from some of the YouTube community as well. Yeah, it's like, Saints Row was never cool. It was made as a parody of uh, GTA. Oh, I know it is. I I played the first and the second ones, like, a lot. So So fun. I anyway. mean, the, f- the first one had really good online to it, to be fair. I mean, the, so the first second. one had, yeah, the first one for me, it had way too many, it, I had game ending glitches. So did which I, I so many it. times. Yeah. I've tried four different <laughs> occasions to complete that game and just had game it, ending yeah, glitches. It, right towards the end, every time. Mm. I had one quite early on, actually, which is really annoying. Ah! Really? Yeah. I think a couple That's of hours in. Oh, that would suck so bad. It still sucks. It's just, you know, it's not as bad as, say, 15 hours in or whatever it was. Right. Well, now anyway. that I've rambled, do you want to read chat? <laughs> uh, I, I can, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Brent put, um, I hate Destiny 1 DLCs. Uh, the first was just all the same missions, but backwards. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. We I'll give a, you that. had a first-time chat from uh, Rock'em Sock'em Hulk. Nice, good name. Nice. Uh, I like what they did with the different uh, Lego DC Supervillains DLC. I haven't played the Lego DC game, so... I... Okay, now this may be me being very, like, biased or whatever, but for me, Lego can almost do no wrong. I even love the, like, kitty Lego games. Oh, I mean, some of them are, like, really fun, like the... <laughs> Uh, the original Lego Skywalkers like game, uh, Lego Star Wars it. games were great. Yes, they were uh, so good. Uh, Skywalker Saga is supposed to be really good, but I never got around to playing it. I know because you don't do Star Wars anymore. But yeah, screw, yeah, screw Star Wars. I was contemplating like some stuff to uh, this sort of is a bit of a sidetrack. Obviously, talking about something that's going to happen Might in well. the next couple of weeks. But I was yeah. looking for stuff to download to watch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shall I download The Mandalorian? And then went, no. So I hate Star Wars. I'm not going to bother no, wasting uh... my time. But I did download The Boys. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Good. I don't get too excited there. I really want to know your take <laughs> on that. No, I'll be watching that Me? Uh, when I'm confined to a small space for at least nine hours. Yes. Pete keeps alluding to. Um, but to me, The Boys is the best superhero story within the last okay. i'll say since marvel started it's you know next okay, phase cool. well yeah big, big problem then if that's the case then uh devil watches might be over <laughs> I don't know. I don't, no that's a joke that's a joke Curtis. um no but yeah. i do i absolutely say if if you like the kind of um if you're kind of tired of the 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 rigid formulaic stuff formula yeah exactly the boys and invincible it's such a okay. good take cool. yeah 
Anyway, let's move on because we've rambled for nearly 25 minutes. Yeah, well, it's that kind of episode. It, it is. That's why you've called the Switch Street the Lucy Goosey Newsy episode. That's right, I oh, did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with some, uh, some news. The actual so, news? <laughs> so, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, when we do a news episode, we start out with three short news, shorter stories, which they're never shorter. They always take the same amount of time. And then larger stories. So these are a couple of ones so this is an update to a story I think we did a couple of months ago uh, let me just bring the story up Is the Xbox Game Pass friends and family plan has been officially yes. announced yes uh, this is so we're good, we always cite our sources and for those obviously listening on an audio basis you can check those sources within the, the description uh, this comes from VGC so uh, so it's currently available to all players in Ireland and Colombia. So these were the two test sites that were ava- that they were using as well. So it's only available here so far. So uh, Microsoft has officially confirmed that the Xbox Game Pass family plan has been testing for the past month. As uncovered via a uh, leaked image a few days ago, the new subscription tier is called Xbox Game Pass Friends and Family. Well, really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I suppose it's useful enough. It tells you exactly what's set on the tin. I mean, it does, you know. We used to have a phone service called Friends and Family. I don't know if y'all had that over here. Uh, I believe... No. Okay. It's no. like a long time ago. Okay. So, Karen, with the article, at the moment, it's still only available to our players in Ireland and Colombia, but now it's... Uh, uh, but now it's available to all players in those countries instead of those who are just part of the Xbox Insider <laughs> program. Xbox are yet to confirm when the new tier is out uh, due to roll out to other regions. According to the new FAQ on uh, service on the Xbox support page, friends and family allows Game Pass subscribers to share their subscription with up to four other players. So this will be useful for those who might, in the future, be moving into into a house and may not be able to afford a Game Pass subscription. This might be useful. True. Yeah, Kylie, it's I'll true. I'll talk to you about that at some point in the future. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. I might I might need some help paying the rent. Uh-huh, there you go. Oh, gosh. Oh, Pete. No, I I, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No places with that. Yes, I'm um. fully aware, which is why, yeah. <laughs> it's just for full disclosure, you know, because if they ever chase you up like Netflix do, you live in the same house. <laughs> mm, that's right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Actually, I believe it was Kieran who had mentioned, like, it would be a good idea. Like, I rent to people because I have a big empty house, might as well. Yeah. Um. And I am kind of thinking, like, yeah, like, come rent for me and get an Xbox. Xbox? Xbox. Xbox prescription. Prescription or subscription? Yeah, there you go. Uh huh, prescription. Okay. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> of course, like, right now, one of my renters is a diehard Sony uh, pony. Uh, okay. Yeah, so. But I still don't think it's a good idea. I really do. Fair enough. Because, isn't it, like, it's it's quite a savings. Uh, I don't you know, know because I'm not sure about I'm not sure about the the pricing structure yet. I'll see if I have to look huh. through the article and see. Yeah, because uh, they says, do. They, yeah. Anyway, so the four other players have to live in the same country. I yes. mean, what, I mean, with I know, how it's the weird. world currently is like, does 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 England count as Northern Ireland as well, or not? Oh yeah, it is all UK. You know that, that that's what I mean. I'm not sure. I, well, what about Wales and Scotland? <laughs> okay anyway so uh but otherwise they will receive the full xbox game pass ultimate treatment including uh live gold entire game pass library on xbox P- and pc ea play perks and discounts 
so it's a statement with with the friends and family plan all five members enjoy the benefits of game pass ultimate with their own unique access to game pass ultimate games content and benefits regardless of what device they play on uh, yeah. all the people you invite can play at the same time you can play together in the same game plus you can include friends and family outside your household Ooh, yes there good, you go. good good that's clear <laughs> i think that's clearly a shot at uh, the sony thing yeah probably anyway uh so uh players who want to start game pass friends and family plan uh will have to pay more for their subscriptions since it hasn't been confirmed in other regions yet, full pricing information isn't official, but in Ireland it will be uh, €21.99 Euros per month, as opposed to the twelve ninety nine per month uh, at the See, moment. See, that's so, what I'm talking about. Uh, so, Huge savings. I mean, it's a €9, Euro, say, uh, nine Euro well, increase, but across, across, across or, five yeah. people. Or, yeah, five people. So, yeah, if you... Obviously, if you did that over the time, so you call it twenty-two per month, you could split that okay. five ways quite nicely, actually. It's basically oh, like that's it. actually four euros fifty each, if uh, my quick maths uh-huh. is quick enough and and accurate. Accurate, but yeah, yeah. um, hmm. I th- I think it's a great idea. I really do. Uh, okay, so let's actually start to go into a bit of a breakdown about this in terms of other currencies around the world. So this is quite useful. So. The official hmm. FAQ also states that uh, players with the current Xbox, uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription can convert it to Friends and Family 1. Uh, for every remaining uh, month remaining of Game Pass, they'll get 18 days of Friends and Family. Okay. So, oh. right. So, I'm currently subscribed until 2024. Yes. <laughs> and for those who don't know the lore... Uh, but I remember there being a bit of a, a caveat to this, so we might have to see oh. on to see whether or not that caveat still applies. So, were this calculation to be replicated in other regions, that would amount to roughly twenty four ninety nine dollars per uh, per month, or eighteen pounds thirty three uh, for friends and family in the US and UK, as opposed to the fourteen dollars ninety nine or ten ninety nine per month mm. currently. Although, I do get mine from CDQ. Oh, I know. Like, so a lot of people tend to do that too, and I'll probably be doing the same at some point in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's, uh, given uh, given the point of the service is to have multiple players uh, sharing the same description, this would still uh, result in an overall saving. Yes, it would. With two players in in the group, each player subscription would cost twelve fifty or nine pound sixteen per month, while the full five in the group it would only cost around five dollars or three pound sixty six per month. Like I said, huge savings. But obviously, remember that's a breakdown, and that's obviously that's based on the current uh, euro pricing structure model. And obviously, they might actually change it depending on region because each currency is not 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 exactly strong at the moment compared to the dollar. That's for sure. So we won't go into that. No, we we shall not. We've come to the end of that. Just put it this way: I'm glad I have investments in dollars and in pounds. Excellent. Good idea. (laughs) <laughs> probably, probably for the best. I didn't. I yes. did find that out uh, quite recently. How how uh-huh. strong the do- dollar currently uh-huh. is. Yeah, which is so funny because when I lived in America, obviously I wanted the dollar to be nice and mighty and strong. Mm-hmm. And now I live over here, and I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the thing is, I remember going over to America when I was thirteen, and I. Back in those days, you used to be able to get like one dollar fifty basically to every pound, yeah, which is so, mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah. I remember a time when it was two dollars to the pound as well, which is even oh, worse. it's it it does dip it down to there, which makes my yeah. investment portfolio shoot Belie- right up. Yeah, but believe you me, I haven't seen that for many years. Oh no, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but it was one one pound fifty or one dollar fifty. Yeah. A while there. Okay. But. Oh, talking about depressing news, let's move on to the yeah. next news story, shall we? Okay. <laughs> Halo Infinite suffers fresh content delays as local co-op is axed. Okay, so... <laughs> I put, in the I, audience because... I, I, I'm going to because I wanted to include this to let you rant for a while. Yep, I am definitely going to rant. Okay, so... Give the anyway, uh, once again, coming from VGC, uh, it's every source... Apart from yeah. one, I'll get onto that later. So just for now, just assume it's a VGC article. Trusted source. Um, uh, Free for Free Industries have confirmed the new round of Halo Infinite content delays, as well as the cancellation of the game's local split-screen co-op mode. Oh dear. Uh, campaign co-op, the Forge beta, and Season 3 have all been pushed back. The studio confirmed in a development update video and new content roadmap both of which are viewable below uh, obviously that's in the article i'm not going to do that we can't put it below because yeah difficult yeah anyway campaign co-op which was previously targeting an august launch will now arrive in november that's <sighs> that's yeah not good no uh, so too will forge open beta which was uh, previously scheduled for september uh, game's third season of of content echoes within's delayed until March twenty twenty oh, twenty twenty three. Oh, yeah. Dear. Oof. Big oof. Big big problem. So can have a look through that in a moment. So uh, split screen ca- couch co op multiplayer, which had been announced uh, previously been announced, has been cancelled with free for free reallocating studio resources in order to improve and accelerate ongoing live service development and to better address player feedback and quality of life updates I'll carry on because uh, I can see your face and I can see oh, the yeah. rage continually building it is so, 1000 okay during a 30 minute video update Joseph Stanton, uh, Sean Barron and Brian mm. Gerard uh, discussed the up- upcoming roadmap which stretches to June 2023 uh, Games Winter Update will run from November 8th until March 7th and will include the aforementioned Forge Beta, uh, Campaign Co-op and Mission Replay. They still haven't included Mission Replay yet. I, mm, okay. I'm still biting my tongue, Pete, because it is okay. going to be a rant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this update has also included new maps, Detachment and Argyle. I don't mm. know if they're classic maps or whether they're just new. No, they're... Well, some of them are new, but yeah. Okay. Uh, following season, Echoes Within uh, will be the third, their game's third. It will include new weapons, 100 tier battle pass, and new equipment, custom game browser, new game modes, and updates to Forge Beta have also been announced for this time, time frame, which begins March 7th, runs till June 27th. Uh, 343 provided the first look at Halo Infinite's campaign co op, as well as the mission uh, replay system in an hour long preview video released in July, ahead of the launch of the public test of the, uh, for the new features. But anyway, I won't go into any more. Okay. Uh, I will go in. Uh, we'll go into this. Uh, Brent did put. I haven't touched Infinite Campaign because I always play it in co-op. So it will be a year after the release before I finally get the chance to play. Okay. The yeah. floor is yours, and grab that soapbox. 
strap on and strap in. Um, because those are your title feet. Um, no, the other one is better. Okay, I want to put. I do want to say a disclaimer first and foremost. Anything I'm about to say is not against the devs. The devs do what they have to do, and I feel for them. So anything I'm saying is not against developers at all. Um, I think they take a brunt of a lot of the abuse, and it's not them. <laughs> um, okay, but having said that, what the F is 343 thinking? What is their problem? I do not understand. Halo 3, of course I'm partial to, and yes, I'm biased, but I still think, even objectively, Halo 3 had the best roadmap. It was not perfect. It released, you know, it had problems on release. Um, I think when it released, it didn't release with multiplayer or uh, and Forge. Not straight um, it was two away. Things that, yeah, it, two things it didn't have. Um, I think it had co-op, but it didn't have Forge and multiplayer. Um, but but that's what I'm saying. It's still flawed and still perfect. You know, it was flawed, but still perfect in my view. Um, One aspect of the game was perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still, if you look overall at its legacy type thing, oh, you know, like you can make mistakes. Oh, of course. And... Yeah. If you look at the overall legacy of that game, mm -hmm. yeah, you would. But I was going to what what I'm going from there is that the game can mm -hmm. still come out, be flawed. But there's one aspect of the game Ex that is perfect. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't I don't expect perfection. I don't think that other fans expect perfection. And if you do expect perfection in in your in games, I don't know what to tell you. You're just not going to get it. Um, not in the why current. Why I never ever spoiler alert. That's why I never give a five for a game ever. Right. Like yeah, I'm I'm also one of those people who are very very slow uh, to give fives. Um, As a slow, I never give them like ever. Well, like looking back, I would give Halo Three a five now. At the time of release, I probably would have gave it like a four point five, you know, or high four because we don't do partials in. We do. Uh -huh. We do point fives. Well, that's yeah, right, exactly. Um, but having you know said all of that, um, so three four three took over. This is for the people who don't know. Three four three took over from Bungie. Uh, Bungie, who went on to do Destiny and Destiny two. Three four three. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't understand them. I don't understand the lady that's in charge. I forgot her name. Bonnie Ross. Thank you. I can only remember Ross. <laughs> and, uh, Come on I, up, Kylie, it, Xbox fangirl. You should remember <laughs> the names of the people that run this company. Uh, I can't even remember my own name. Um, and then I oh, think yeah, that's true. Phil Spencer was quoted, uh, I think in 2016, as saying, if we ruin, you know, Halo, we've ruined... We've ruined Xbox. Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Because it's been the flagship, uh, you know, series since... Mm -hmm franchise you know since literally this is xbox the original xbox i mean they went out and bought bungie just to make a statement yeah i mean bungie was developing halo for uh both mac which is weird to believe and microsoft and then microsoft bought them and said ah ditch those mac people um, but because marathon and all that you know is on uh, mac but Having said all of that, so 343, I don't know what they're thinking. They seem so out of touch with the 
populace, which is weird. It's very weird knowing that Microsoft did so much market research on Halo 3 alone to make it and to form it into what I consider one of the most close to perfect games there is. Uh, and then to drop the ball with this like major crux of the series. Um, but having said that, I do want to say that the actual, you know, core story of of uh, Halo Infinite is good. And you know, I I did stay up all night and I played the campaign. It was only ten hours. I don't understand that, but okay. <laughs> A bit short for an open world game, in my opinion. It's was quite short. Uh, I mean, it's but, short for a Halo game, but you know. To be fair, well, I I can I can usually play Halo Three on if I play Halo Three on you know like the easy one or whatever I can do it in eight hours. Hmm. Um, but, but you have to I also the hardware been playing limitations that. and all that at the time you didn't have larger discs right. and all that. So, and also I have that game memorized. You know what I mean? I can play it literally eyes closed. Um, but so having said that. I don't know what 343 is thinking. I'm very confused. I don't know the direction they're taking. I don't understand this. I don't... Co-op is so vital to Halo. Like, I'll probably never co-op, or very rarely would I co-op nowadays. But it's... It's what Halo was based on. Like, we had LAN parties. We brought our Xboxes over to our friend's house and <laughs> hooked them up together and played, you know, split-screen four ways Halo 3. And I'm confused as to why they kept that out. And then here's another thing. Um, modders have modded it to where they can play Halo co-op split-screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so I'm confused as to why 343 hasn't done this. Again, please note I'm not talking about the developers. I'm talking about the actual company. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't understand that. Forge is such a huge part. We just got a follow and I've missed it. So let me pull that up. Sorry guys. Um yes, Rock'em Sock'em Hulk has followed, so thank you so much. Um but I I don't understand where 343 is going with this. I don't understand why um uh, there's been no DLC. Um we like I kinda thought they were gonna copy Bungie because duh, and Destiny 2 because duh, that's the perfect roadmap. Yeah. They've done nothing even remotely close to what Bungie's doing at all with Destiny 2. There's been no DLC with the uh, core story. Um, the multiplayer is okay, but it's lacking in maps and it's lacking in like some classic gameplay and stuff, like infection and stuff like that. Um, the for like Forge should have been released last year. I don't understand. Like it seems to be doing well with the beta testers, so I don't understand. Like I, I almost feel like. And I'm sorry I am ranting, but this is very close to my heart. This series is. It almost feels like it's a self-sabotage. Like, why are they sabotaging this legacy that they have? And I I really don't understand. I can't find the logic. I can't find the reasoning. Like, co-op is built into the code. They There's uh, people, I hate to say hackers, but you know what I mean. Um, they've gone through the code. They found the co-op. Code is there. 
it worked in beta. Why? What is going on? Someone tell me. Someone, please tell me what is going on with Halo no Infinite. Idea. I have no yeah. idea what's going on, but it's pretty clear to see that they're actually they're pretty stretched on resources in one particular aspect because they probably didn't anticipate how big of a live service project actually is. Pete, that's exactly what it comes across as. Pete actually just hit the nail on the head with that, which is this feels like someone, and it's weird because this is a Microsoft-owned company or development team or whatever they're called. Well, they're um, Xbox Game Studio. Yeah, exactly. They're directly funded by Microsoft. And they seem to be acting like they've never done any of this before. And you could argue, well, 343 hasn't done any of this before. But they have people on their teams that have. Yeah, they've had people that have worked on Destiny, have they not? Mm -hmm. They do. They have people that have worked on Destiny. And then for the story, they have Joseph Statton. Um, I and just... I, I'm... I'm I can't. I don't understand this. I no, literally don't understand this. I un- I understand this. I've said I said this on numerous uh-huh. occasions before, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, I'm going to. Well, the first point I don't think I've mentioned before, but I, I you brought it up in your in your monologue, right. let's say, <laughs> uh, was this isn't exactly Microsoft's big flagship product anymore. And it hasn't that... been for a few years, I don't think. Like, they may give off that impression by putting Master Chief mm-hmm. on the back of the box of the Series X, even though the fact that the fact of the matter <laughs> was they completely delayed that game by a year and made themselves look stupid by doing mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. But they, I don't think they consider Halo to be that big of a franchise anymore for them. They've got so many other studios elsewhere that they've got this massive portfolio of upcoming games that they know will excite people. And, well this is the thing that I've said before 343 at this point haven't created a good Halo game since they remade Halo 1 mm-hmm. so I, I want to give a little bit of a, a a footnote to that because I'm not talking about the state of the Master Chief collection at present because apparently right. I mean it is a very very good collection at I, the moment so. at yeah. the moment how long has it taken them to get to that point though when did it release? Twenty. Oh. Seventeen. It was quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. I mean, twenty thirteen, sure. the Xbox One came out. It might be twenty fifteen, actually. That sounds more I, realistic, I mean, if I'm being honest. Thinking, thinking about this, right? So it's been seven years, and it's in a playable state. How many of those years where it was it, not a playable uh-huh. state? I think it was That's at least two to three. Yeah, it wasn't playable when it launched. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a big mess, and I remember being very disappointed in that. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. I, I mean, but that's the thing. I've just been constantly disappointed. Yeah. Uh, in 343. Look, look at Halo 4. While some consider that to love, be an alright game. I do. I, I do. To be fair, but from what I understand reading about the background, uh, Halo 4 was built off the back of Bungie's notes. Yeah. Um. And I think that's why it did so well. It really was, if I have to be honest, you know, of all the things that have come out after Halo 3, Halo mm-hmm. 4 was really good. Uh, obviously, Reach was good, but that's Bungie product. Yeah. Um, also, bear in mind as well, um, you have to look at a couple of factors here. Uh, they're, they're clearly still using, or 
up until Halo Infinite at this point, they were clearly still using an engine that was developed by Bungie. Uh, that that they probably didn't have that much understanding of how that engine actually worked. So rare to see a company like Microsoft, who can mm. throw all the money at every problem, fail so bad. Just that's it. That's it. Full stop. Yeah. They just, just underline screwed, that. Screwed it. Anyway, they really did. So yeah, um, yeah. We have a lot of chat. If you oh, want, I, I will go through it in a minute. But I've got a couple more points that I want to make in oh, regards yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. So, no, go for so it. up until obviously Halo Infinite used a new engine, they were using this old engine from Bungie and probably not not much instruction on how to use it. But my mm-hmm. counter to this is, how can you make a game so bad like Halo Five when Bungie oh. are actually still using that same engine for Destiny Two? There's so much that could be said. And I still, like, I know it's unrealistic, but I'm still so upset that so many bought Bungie. Anyway, doesn't matter. Let's move on. Yes, but if... Microsoft if had they, the chance. They did. If they just would have bought Bungie, we could have Master Chief as we know him. Still be know, good. Still be good. And the thing is, they never had to, I mean... Yes, I'm glad that Halo Infinite continued the story. Obviously, I love lore and I love the core story, which is Cortana and Master Chief. That is the the core of Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't have to go with that. They could have went with any of the other factions. They could have yep. started a whole new separate story. They could have done anything. Yep. They have just literally dropped the ball since day one. They, they have, which comes to my biggest point. I've said this numerous times I'll reiterate this numerous times and this is not an attack on the person as such because Mm -hmm. the person has done very good things for Microsoft in the past just think this person is completely out of depth when it comes to Halo and that's Bonnie Ross I think Bonnie Ross is the biggest downfall of the Halo franchise really don't understand Bonnie Ross at all has she never played Halo? That is my first thought. I'm starting to wonder that as well, because you look at how the TV series went and all that, like, how could they get that so desperately wrong? And they're, like, happy about it. Yeah. Like, they take pride in that. So they're not, like, so they're essentially, like, pooping on the lore to people like Mm -hmm. you who are huge fans of lore and the series itself and sort of going, yeah, we're happy with this as as the ambassadors of the Halo franchise. Whereas the people at Bungie who originally created this, whether or not they're still mm-hmm. there, are they sitting there still r- seething about how what kind of work they've done with this franchise? Shows the stats from Bungie. Oh, I know he is. I'm fully yeah. aware. And he wrote a good story. He did He did what he could. He was putting band-aids all over the place, you could tell. Yeah. Um, the, the core story of Halo Infinite is good. It could have been better. It should have been expanded on. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to work with what he had, but I just don't like for me as an outside observer, as a fan, but who's outside of, you know, Microsoft and development and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I don't understand why you can't just, and this is goes, this is go, this is goes, uh, this is goes for all the TV shows that are based on games, all the movies that are based on games, what I'm about to say all prequels and stuff like that why won't they give the fans what they want like it's like almost 
they despise the fans and they want they think if we get new fans it's going to make us money no hardcore fans like me we will drop money i will drop money like crazy if it's a good product yeah um, you know because it, it's not just about let's say the halo tv series it's not just about um signing up for paramount plus or whatever it's called and yeah. giving them money if you get a nerd fan like me who's obsessed with halo lore and you make a good story a good series i will then buy not just the series i'll go buy the soundtrack i will buy the uh buy the blu-rays and the stuff like that yeah like like merchandise i will buy it all i'm a huge merchandise fan I, I bought all the merchandise for Game of Thrones that you could even imagine. And it's kind of worthless at this point. To me, I mean, not not financially. Um, because they ruined Game of Thrones. If they would just put a good fan service anything out, they've got people who will shell out money. And they just don't seem to see that. They just mm. rather see new people brings in more money. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. You know, make your audience happy. And you'll get a lot of money out of us. Big time. It's making me wonder about the Mario movie as a result of this. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering whether or not they're going to cater to new people rather than the original fans. If if things go the way they've gone... Yeah. Well, if things have gone the way they've gone the last few years, I'm afraid, Pete. I really am. Sonic, Sonic knew they messed up. Oh, yeah. You know, and then they... Is Sonic Paramount? Uh, yeah. So they listened and yep. they corrected course. But they didn't they... correct course on uh, on yeah on Halo. Halo. That's very but, yeah, that's weird. because obviously three four three and Microsoft had to have a say in it as well. But I'll go back to these chats anyway. So. Right. Yeah, because we got uh, we got a lot of move, chats. We got, we got, and we got to move on to the next story because I oh, took a significantly yeah. longer life. Sorry, I'm it's just very fine. passionate about Halo. You know. <laughs> um, uh, so Brent. Uh, Brent confirmed that he said, I remember when Halo 3 launching with no Forge multiplayer in beta with only one map. So, yeah. And he did agree that Halo 3 is the best, though it, he would put Master right. Chief Collection with it. Whereas I would say, which is why I brought it up, the state of it for but, a while. It's a good game now. It, oh, it is good. But I Yeah, do... me and you have played it on numerous occasions oh, yeah. together. It was mm-hmm. great. But I want to maintain for anyone out there that listens in the future or now um halo 3 was not a perfect game at release you can release a unperfect game an imperfect game Hmm. and yet fix your legacy you know what i mean of course they don't seem to be doing that but anyway uh bren also put it seems like 343 which was a support studio for most of its life weren't ready to uh, take the lead on a new game i agree uh, as for an xbox flagship ip uh feel like forza horizon has become that I'd say probably Forza as a whole, not just Horizon, probably at mm. this point. Uh, I remember back in the days, because I'm old, that used to be Project Gotham Racing. Oh, goodness. <laughs> there's, a, there's a series yeah, that's that a I throwback. haven't thought about in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's also put, and uh, Microsoft now owns so many engines, they could have switched it at any point in development. Yes. They yes. could have also used Unreal at any given point in that. Process. I'd be okay with that. I would. I would honestly yeah. be okay with it. I joke about Unreal, uh, just being an asset library and blah blah. blah. Yeah. You know what? 
give me if you give me good high quality stuff just fine use it mm-hmm. i don't care anymore uh he <laughs> he is further reiterated uh, i think bonnie is now the coo of microsoft game studios behind uh, second behind field spencer will then give over the free for free to someone else then yeah she, she may have already done that, that yeah. but i don't know i'm not sure at this point but and look let's be honest let's, let's just we're gonna lightly touch on this pete and then yeah. we'll move on uh, uh sorry let woman. me just let me just uh-huh. uh, uh so rock and sock and hulk but it's sad when um i just want to get these last couple of comments before oh we no you got it. so uh sad when the angry birds movie might be the pinnacle of video game movies in terms of its probable story yeah i'd say it's probably the closest to the actual games uh wouldn't make it a good movie though um brent replied not sonic and then he put uh rock and sock and hold and put sonic was fun but the reason why i wanted to get through these but i've had to bail i uh, have to bail but this is an awesome show thanks for taking the time out to make it cheers Aww. much appreciated so thanks for taking thank the time you. to listen yes absolutely so thank Come you very back much and visit us anytime. you're always welcome <laughs> swipe your feet yes uh anyway uh yeah just um, as you were saying before the lady that did Uncharted and the other stuff for Naughty Dog. What's her name? Amy Hennig. Okay. I was like, and something, but no, Amy No, Hennig. I was having a moment to try and remember. Yeah. No, if it has to be a woman, let it be Amy Hennig. She is awesome and amazing. Uh, she's got her own studio now, which have been signed by PlayStation. So I think probably not. I would throw money at her. She would make an amazing Halo. She probably would. Anyway, she'll move on to the next story. Yes, because I'm obsessed with Halo. But yeah. Yes, but I want to touch on this lightly because a lot of this is obviously speculation. Right. Uh, Nintendo, A Nintendo Direct featuring Wind Waker and Twilight Princess is reportedly coming in mm. September. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you feel about that, Pete? I will reserve judgment until the end. <laughs> I, I will try. Pete's turn. I will try. See, mm-hmm. If you haven't noticed, there might be a lot of symmetry with this uh, with these stories this week. <laughs> Maybe done on accident at eight o'clock this morning. Tell the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, yeah, please. Don't, I'm not going to give too much of a peek behind the curtain, but usually about eight or nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday is when I'm putting together this show. Anyway, now that that is that is mostly a joke because we do plan do planning meetings. Yeah, it just means that I put it all together in an actual document on Sunday. Yes, it's true. Yeah. But yes, continue uh, on. Anyway, a Nintendo Direct presentation focused on Zelda announcements will reportedly be held in September. Um, that's according to Gamesbeat managing editor Mike uh, Minotti and Giant Bomb reporter. Oh, look who it is! It's Jeff Grubb, um. <laughs> who was speaking on a podcast this week. Uh, this oh, is a quote okay. from uh, Minotti. Uh, it said, "To be clear, guys, the one thing that we're very, very sure is uh, being announced at the direct are Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports for Switch." Um, Says, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of Zelda stuff at this thing. Grub said, I think uh, this is uh, like a Zelda blowout for Nintendo. Anyway, uh, 100% there's a Nintendo Direct in September. It's that simple. Right. Uh, there is still some uncertainty about whether or not it'll be a general Direct, maybe a mini. There might be some talk of it being a partner Direct, uh, which okay. might raise some questions, but I think these are addressed by Jeff in the next statement. He said, if they're going to have Zelda stuff there, it's this is not a partner direct. And those are things that we've been hearing. The specifics that were name dropped were Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD ports for the Switch. Um, and then Carry On says, which again, 
even had we not heard that, I would be speculating that would uh, that would be happening right now while we wait for the run-up to Breath of the Wild 2. And yet we have heard that and we've heard other things. Again, Metro Prime Remaster, that sounds like it's going to be announced at this thing. Sorry, if Ooh. these quote if these sound really weird written because they're obviously been transcribed from a podcast. Right. Exactly. Uh, um and, and then third parties will be showing up, he continued. I've heard some some of that as well. It's not super excited. The things that I've heard to me it sounds like at least a mini direct. But if it's gonna have uh the name of uh it's going to have the name of the next Zelda, which uh, seems like a distinct possibility, it sounds like it'll be a big general direct. Anyway, so Grubb said he had heard uh, from a pretty good source that the event will be taking place the week beginning September the 12th. Uh, twin, uh, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are already given the HD treatment on the Wii U. Who remembers the Wii U? 13.5 million people remember the Wii U. Right. <laughs> it was a, look, it was a good system. It just needed a little tweaks. So, uh, I and, actually believe and that. And now among just a handful of Nintendo last-gen games that haven't been ported to the Switch. Uh, based on what uh, what he had heard about the direct, Minotti uh, said everything outside of the Twilight Princess and Wind Waker announcements is speculation. So they're pretty nailed on, at least on this point. But anyway, the Metro Prime uh, thing seems like it should be happening. It's a lot of remasters to announce in one thing. Maybe it'll be a little bit of a theme here. Um, uh, anyway, uh, there's just some little stuff at the end that's not really worth adding to this it's just closing out the article as you do uh there's been some other stuff that have come out from this but i can't remember exactly but i think there's been a lot of talk about potential for either remasters of a lot of gamecube games or potentially the gamecube coming to the switch online um expansion pass yes Um, i want to know your thoughts on this pete okay so the two that are obviously been involved in this podcast, Grub and Minotti, they're very, very well known for their leaking mm-hmm. habits. You know, obviously yes. they they work for major outlets that seem to get yeah. a lot of uh, uh, get a lot of insiders. Obviously, leaking some stuff, but I think they seem to have forgotten the one rule of Nintendo, and that is leak a lot of stuff, including a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but as you because say, then they the find out who the actual leakers are inside their yeah. industry, their their organization. True. This is, this is specifically a ploy by Nintendo half the time to find out who's actually leaking information, and based on yeah. the fact that how many games have leaked recently from the Switch, I'm not even saying recently, ever since the the Switch was basically hacked in the very early stages. Oh yeah. They have not been able to have anything secure on that machine whatsoever. So I think this is done by Nintendo to throw a red herring in, in the mix. I'm not going to say that Twilight Princess and Wind Waker wouldn't be a good addition, because I think they are. And I do think these are correct. Just right? these two, okay. specifically. Okay, okay. A lot of the other stuff is a lot of speculation, and I have to be honest, mm-hmm. a lot of it is speculation being very disappointing for me. Right, okay. Because a lot of people have been talking about Ocarina of Time. Don't, because that's going to... Well, it's on the Switch Online expansion pass service on the N64 anyway, so they don't need mm-hmm. to do that. Okay. No, I'm, to- I'm talking about the GameCube stuff, because... Okay. Hold on a minute. 
I seem mm-hmm. to recall a certain point, maybe even earlier this year, or even the back end of last year, where an announcement was potentially going to be made about two other systems that were coming to the expansions pass service that never happened. So why have they now moved on to a potential the GameCube when the Game Boy and the right. Game Boy Color never, or the Game Boy Advance never happened? Right. That's why really... I feel like red herrings. Okay, see, that's what I want to talk about. There's been a lot online about exactly what you've just said. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts on that. I'm getting to them. Okay. They're, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think quite a lot of these are red herrings. Like I said, I'm disappointed I by some right. because a lot of talk has been around F- F-Zero GX coming back, and I'm right. fuming about the fact that if that doesn't happen, then I'm Ugh, don't. A lot don't. of people are. Okay, so you remember the you remember the moment in Endgame with Hawkeye, mm-hmm. where where the specific <laughs> line he says, "Don't give me don't hope." Me yeah, don't give me hope. F Zero GX is one of my favorite racing games of all time, and it is fantastically good. If they had an online in that, I'd be, I'd be set. People, people have been like. That's what they've been crying out for a oh, no. lot. Even, got a to, lot the, online. even mm-hmm. to the point where someone spent $40,000 just to be, invest shares in Nintendo so they could be part of yes. the board meeting to ask that question. Which is... Yeah. I mean, that's a that's an ultimate Chad move, isn't it? That is, actually. That's Giga Chad right there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have to agree. I have to 100% agree. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm not sure about a lot of this. I mean... I know. The, mm-hmm. the, the direct itself makes sense well i was gonna say do you think the direct is really gonna happen when they assume it's gonna happen because I... nintendo likes to just poof Curveballs and then... all over the place yeah and then prove everybody wrong like they're like oh they're gonna say uh okay i'll read your time like, oh your time coming and then they'll like leak or no then they'll drop you know tetris 2004 or something you know yeah. what i mean i'm just but that is how nintendo does it they do a kind of like catfish almost Mm. (laughs) yeah i mean the most recent example is when everyone was talking about there being a main nintendo direct in june around the e3 period they did a part of the direct just completely out of nowhere just did a part of the direct and it was like a week and a half after all the e3 stuff was all happening so yeah nintendo don't play by the rules no they do. do not yeah Oh, I mean, I think there's the direct coming. I still can't. I can't work out whether or not this is going to be a mini or main. Right. I don't think it is going to be a partner direct. Right. Um, I don't think so either. Not, he- not- I'll be honest. I'll hedge my bets on a shorter mm-hmm. main direct. So they're usually about mm-hmm. forty minutes, but I reckon this one's going to be about thirty to thirty-five. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, because it's I don't so think funny. They- I don't think they they've got a lot more this- to announce. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but I'll tell you this. Oh, well, I was like, they they'll drop those fifteen minute ones, and the um, fans, quote unquote, will be so raging. They're like, they will oh, be, yeah. A direct is coming, a direct is coming, and then they'll drop it, and then the fans are still not happy. But, but this is the same <laughs> discourse that Nintendo fans have every single time. It's yes. like we want a direct, we want a direct, and then they're never happy with what they've got. No, never, That's ever, I, and. Uh, 
why do you think I go into these with tempered expectations now? It's like I have to understand that they're a business and they are trying to sell to a hundred odd million people, not just a screaming minority on Twitter. That is a good point. That's a very, very good point, actually. Not your, they're not your friends. They're, they are businesses. No. They're not your friends. I don't care if they disappoint you. All they care about is they're going to sell some copies of games. Yeah. Some, some some hardware. Anyway. But yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I think there's going to be a direct come in for sure. I do think it's going to be a main one. I think it's going to be slightly shorter than normal. I wouldn't be surprised if these are packaged as one game together in a cartridge. Right. And potentially come out around Christmas. Maybe mm-hmm. just before Pokemon comes out. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I think, you know what, Pete has actually brought up a very, 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 very good point. We are now in September. Everything from all of the gaming companies, most especially Nintendo, is going to be Christmas focused. Well, it's going to be holiday focused. Christmas sales. Yeah, holiday, yeah, yeah, you're right, Pete, let me correct that. Yeah. Holiday sales focused. Yeah, So what's on the agenda for Nintendo, really? Pokemon, that's it. Right. Right. People are going crazy for that. But it is kind of weird, though, to see all of the, like, Ocarina of Time stuff coming up. It's it's almost obsessive, which I have to Don't admit, that's my favorite. Don't understand it, to be honest. Well, that's my favorite. I mean, I know new, it is, but it's, on the ser- but it's on the service already. Like, it's on the expansion pass. Why do people want to spend $60 on a, a, on a cartridge version oh, of that game? Well, we could go to Last of Us Part 1. Let's not. Let's move on. <laughs> because we've still got three stories we're supposed to cover. I yes, think one of these is going to be a little bit shorter. So I'm going to go into the slightly shorter one anyway because... Good idea. I want to bring this one up because there's been a lot of uh-huh. stupid discourse online about this particular story, and I'm right, gonna okay. bait I'm gonna bait you with it with it. Oh right. Sony and Tencent are buying from software, or are yeah. they, or have they? I saw that. That's exactly yeah. my point. So people online have been a bit dumb about this particular one. So let me read the headline mm-hmm. as it comes from VGC. Sony yes. and Tencent are buying thirty percent of Elden Ring Studio from software. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're buying them outright. Right. But the news That's discourse correct. was crazy. It was like, oh, they're buying it. They're buying from software. Oh, let's expect to see one of those PlayStation Studios things. No. Let's read the story and let's discuss the stupidity. Okay. Let's all point and laugh at idiots on the internet for 10 minutes. Right. Cool. Uh, Elden Ring Studio from Software has announced that it's selling shares to Sony and Tencent, which will result in them owning a combined 30% of the company. An official notice published by um, From Software's parent company, uh, Not Even Trying, uh, uh, Kadokawa Corporation. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was announced that the sh- uh, new shares will be issued to Six Joy Hong Kong, subsidiary of Tencent, and Sony Interactive Entertainment, SIE. Uh, according to the document, once the shares have been issued, SixJoy will own 16.25% from software, and Sony will own 1409 uh, with Katakawa uh, continuing to own the remaining 69.66%. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, in the notice, Katakawa explains that it recognises the enhancement of capabilities for the creation, development, and deployment of game IP as one of the group's higher priorities. As such, it decided to allow From Software to arrange a third-party allotment to Six, uh, six Joy and Sony in order to gain extra funding, which may help 
help it publish its own games globally. Okay, I'm not going any more into this. That's I think that's the meat the meat of the story. Yeah. Well, I will say this: with thirty percent share, they will definitely have a say. Mm-hmm. And they'll happens, be on the board. They'll be on the board. But it's not the same as owning. No. And I think people misunderstand that uh, because I've seen a lot of this being released as, oh, Tencent buys from software. And then yeah. Sony buys from software. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely 100% think that Sony is going to buy from software. Oh, it wouldn't and, surprise me. But obviously Tencent are now kind of standing in the way of that. Exactly. So, and for those who don't know, this is a little fill-in for our audience. Tencent is Chinese-owned company. Sony is a Japanese-owned company. Um, uh, from software Japanese. And from software Japanese. Uh, Japanese is very much... When they buy and sell, it's always Japanese companies. Usually, Uh, yes. Yeah, they're big on that. So, having said that, I do, I do actually, honestly believe that Sony will eventually own From Software, and I think that's a good move for them. I've always thought that. Um, Tencent is going to try, as they say over here in Ireland. I don't know if this is a saying UK wide, but they're going to get the arm in. I don't know if that's a thing. That's definitely not a thing here. Okay, they're going to get their arm in, uh, which means they're going to try and get anything they can get out of it, (laughs) you know? Uh, And I don't blame them uh, because From Software is huge. It's huge in an international market. Oh, it is, Uh, yeah, but they're they're a developer, not a publisher, and this clearly looks like they're trying to hedge their bets on becoming a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um... It is interesting. Tencent has really been trying. People don't know Tencent owns a lot of Epic type things. Uh, they Tencent, own a lot of shares in a lot of businesses across the world. Yeah. From a business point of view, Tencent is awesome. From a purchaser point of view, uh, not great. <laughs> um. But having said all that, I, I I feel like if Sony can just... Okay, so um, Sony's not doing... Oh God, Pete, I don't want to conflict with our future stories, but you know what? I'm going to just say it. Uh, Sony's making some really dumb, 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 dumb decisions lately. Uh, Well, yeah, leave it as that for the moment. Okay. Okay, I'll leave it as that. Uh, so knowing that Sony's making some dumb decisions... Tencent could surpass them and own mm-hmm. from software. They could own some from software. They yeah. have enough capital to own from software. They definitely do. If, if Tencent buys from software, holy crap, crap, Pete, can you just thought exercise for a moment? What if Tencent, because Tencent has the government backing and the mm. money backing of China yeah. to buy Sony. No. That they do, be... but it's not going to happen, I don't think. I would honestly hope, and I don't have any investment in Sony, not personal, not financial. I would hope that Tencent doesn't ever own Sony. Mm-hmm. But they have the capability. They do, but you also have to remember that Sony is not just the gaming arm. It is all of it's... the arms. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's... yeah. 
you're not just buying Sony Computer Entertainment. You might be able to buy that subsidiary. Well, it, yeah, exactly. Because Sony does. Mm, you're you're correct. Pete is correct. Uh, Sony is so much more um, than just gaming. Sony makes hardware. It makes products. You know, entertainment products, movies. stuff like that. Movies, yes. Which then, I which then steps on Sony movies and then Tencent movies or whatever bloody production studios they're invested in. It's hard to know with Tencent because Tencent is, let's be very honest here, Tencent is an arm of the Chinese government. Yeah. Uh, that is a well-known thing. but Kind of like the uh, PIS, isn't it? It's the Saudi investment. Mm -hmm. uh... Yes, that's exa it's exa almost identical to what Pete just said. Yes, they function the same. Um, so I don't know. Ooh, this is this is gonna get spicy. Yeah. Anyway, a couple of comments. Uh, it says, yep. it's probably just the Brent just put it's probably just the beginning. Tencent will probably buy them eventually, or Sony it will. Could uh, and then put Tencent don't want Sony, they don't want hardware, movie studios. Well, they're already invested in movie studios, they're already invested oh. in some hardware because of Epic. That's true. I mean, that is true, but it is like what Pete was saying, which I did forget to take into account. Uh, Tencent, I could see Tencent moving into the gaming, you know, buying the gaming uh, arm of Sony. I don't think Tencent wants everything else because Japan has its own laws regarding mm -hmm. purchasing power because they're very much like uh, if, if a company is going to sell in Japan, they sell to Japan first. Yeah. And then if Japan refuses, then they go global. I mean, so they, well, they still go global regardless, but there's always this exclusivity period with Japan. Right. Exactly. China so, won't like that. No. I don't know. China and Japan are kind of ancient enemies uh, yes. for, for good reasons. Um, um, so uh, it's not as straightforward as you think. You know, oh, no. Tencent has all this money. I'm just going to buy everything. No, there, there, there's some little legal ramifications. I yep, think. there is indeed. Anyway, shall we move on? Yes. Because this is an interesting story that I managed to find <laughs> and post yes. to you. Yes. I did find that not a lot of many outlets are actually covering this one, which is very mm -hmm. interesting. So uh, this is the one I was talking about. We had to fight Eurogamer for this one. Mm -hmm. I know, I felt I felt dirty and needed to shower afterwards. Anyway, uh -huh. yeah, if they're if they're talking about it, fine. Like we can use them because it's not. The other one was using uh, Connor McCarr and VG twenty four seven, and I thought that was even more disgusting. Yes. Shots fired. <laughs> Still hasn't uh -oh. responded. Uh oh. <laughs> anyway, let, that comes back to a previous episode. Go check. It, it does. Out. Go check it out. Yeah. Um. So this one was a bit of an interesting one. So I'm just gonna go and grab the the uh, the headline because there's been some updates in this one. Right. Okay. So, uh, PCube under fire once more from indie developer claiming funds were withdrawn. Update PCube response. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. let's let's go down to the original story. It was uh, published yeah. on the first of September, and mm -hmm. I found this because of a tweet. Yeah, I, yeah I do too as well. Mm -hmm. uh, another one of those moments where I found something related to a tweet. I know. The aforementioned Wait. episode that I mentioned before. <laughs> uh, oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yes, that would be the Daniel Lindholm episode. So, yeah. Yes. Go check it out. 
Oh, please do. Um, publisher PCube is under fire once again from another developer claiming funds have been withdrawn. Or withheld, sorry. Withheld. Yeah. Uh, last week, Coffee Talk developer Toji Productions released a statement exp- uh, explaining issues uh, with the publisher that left the team feeling manipulated and exploited. And Brent mm-hmm. does bring this up and glad he did. This reminds me of the Frogwares and Nacon issue. And yes, yeah. please go and check that episode out because me, you and Brent went into a lot of detail about that particular story. Yeah. That was a great episode. Good great episode. episode. So now now known as Corsell, the Thai developer behind Eterno Blade 2, I believe I pronounced that right, Yeah, uh, has released a damning statement against the publisher to help other indie game developers to avoid what's happened to us and inform our fans about our situation. So this one's got an interesting, interesting story. So let's strap in and read, shall we? Strap on and strap in. Yes. So uh, (laughs) this comes from their tweet. So uh, I will put that PCube have published Eternal Blade 2 on Switch, PS4, Mm -hmm. Xbox One in Europe since 2019 in an agreement with Corsell, which claims the publisher agreed to uh, to pay a minimum guarantee. So this is the the tweet itself, and I'm not going to redact anything. I will read it in full deserves the right. attention so yes uh however pcube only paid a small part of the minimum guarantee of the signing milestone by the time we sent them the game and they never paid the remaining milestone release a statement we have been trying to resolve this issue with pq but have, were unable to reach a solution leading us to terminate the publishing agreement around september of 2020 so this has been going on for nearly a year oh about a year or uh, two years now sorry um, however, PCube have has refused to return the publishing control on the console platforms back to us and continues to sell and take all revenues from Eterno Blade 2. PCube offered to hand over publishing control to us only if we agreed to keep this matter secret. But we no longer wanted to be involved in any more deals with PCube, the statement continues. We knew something was not right. But as a small independent developer, we could not afford to pay pay legal fees to fight the case in another country. We have contacted each platform to ask for the return of our publishing control. So far, only Nintendo and Sony have taken our uh, our game off their European stores, and we still have not received any revenue from the sales in Europe. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Because of this incident, we've had to do various additional works to recover from our financial situation. We promise that we'll soon be back to patch the problems and continue to release new con- content for Eterno Blades 2. That's clearly an error there because they put contents. Oh, right, um, yeah. We're always thankful for everyone who, who have been supporting us. We want everyone to have fun with our game, satisfied with our product. We hope our fans understand our situation and hope you will continue to support us. Uh, and they put thank you so much for the understanding. Uh, they also continue to on Twitter to state, we do not wish for negative and harmful action towards PCube. What right. we want is to explain our situation to our fans, get our get our game back, and move on. Right. Uh, it also twi- tweeted Toji Production saying, you are not alone. So, uh, according to this, Eurogamer contacted PCube for a statement. In response to Toji Productions, uh, P, uh, PCube said that it had funded the developer over and above uh, the grant and the Tojo Productions has sought for some time to unilaterally enforce unreasonable revised terms. 
I'm just going to see if there was more of an update that came from that. Uh, there was there was a much bigger statement. So should we read through, or should we have some comments about this issue first and then read their statement? Couple of comments, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. which is for me, and then we'll move on to, of course, Pete and the audience if they want to add in anything. Sure. Uh, I think this is actually a broader um, uh, conversation about. Yeah. Who owns what? Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, who funds what? Well, yeah, it's, um, there's a whole deal mm-hmm. about publishing rights and yes, uh, distributor rights, or mm-hmm. it's just a, the minefield. I think there's a lot that goes on that we as gamers don't know and don't understand. Um, again, that leads back to a conversation we had a few weeks back, actually, for another episode you should go watch. Uh, which is we had a development team on. Uh, yeah. Um, also, also, spoiler alert: you should listen to all our episodes. But well, yes, <laughs> I have to agree. Um, we have some really good episodes out there. Um, but uh, a lot of people out there blame developers in general for when they don't get what they want. Mm-hmm. We'll say this right here is a perfect example that it's not developers. No, it's publishers. Hmm exactly um it's whoever has the money and unfortunately a lot of developers have to go have to follow the money yeah and then something like this happens um which i think is such a larger discussion um on the nature of of game as art game as development uh, to, I was actually thinking of this the other day, to be honest. I was driving around. <laughs> I was thinking about games as art, which is how I see them. Like mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption, as a matter of fact, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Um, it's a piece of art. It is beautiful. It, it, for me, for me, because not everybody loves Red Dead Redemption 2, as we know. Pete, cough, cough. <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is, for me, it is a, it is a beautiful piece of art. Uh, but um, Rockstar didn't put money into it to develop it further. So now this piece of art is going to fade away into the ether. Ether, however you want to say that. Um, This is very, very similar to what Pete has just read us, that if, if the money's not there, the art can't persist. And I think that that is actually outright depressing, if I'm honest. It is. Yeah. You, this is where you're starting to see very small indie developers mm-hmm. try and go it alone. They can potentially yes. bankrupt themselves in doing so. But some yes. of them get careers out of it. Just look at Toby do. Fox. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did Working Toby with Fox, Nintendo did again. He... <laughs> yeah. But originally, did he crowd crowdfund? He did. Because I was wondering this the other day. Yeah, that's we, what I thought. Okay, yeah, that's what I we thought. Did, we did a, ga- uh, a section on biggest crowdfunded games, I think, and uh, Undertale was on it. Yeah, that's what... Okay, so that was what I was thinking about the other day. And, um, yeah, and he crowdfunded uh, I mean, that. Brent even brings that up, speaking of frog oh, it's just yes. uh, They just crowdfunded <laughs> their next game, so they will be, uh, be able to self-publish going forward after their issue. So, yeah, looks like a lot more people are starting to do that because it's... It's becoming the case that a lot of these indie uh, publishers mm-hmm. like P-Cube have got a yeah. lot of skeletons in their closet when it comes to publishing. And 
a lot of those more are starting to come come to light and i'm starting to get very worried about mm-hmm. the state of quite a lot of these games being told back in the day that they mm-hmm. you know we might end up hearing more stuff about I'm just going to throw games out there, like Braid. Yeah, go for it. Like, say Braid. No, like, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. they with, they say, like, went on to be one of the biggest games of all time. And imagine yes. if you heard that 50% of the revenues for that, like, got completely withheld from the guy who made that. That would be, that would be shocking. I mean, there's so much. Uh, that one that uh, Karen did the whole report on. Sword. Oh, yes, Iron I remember. Sword. The, um, I forgot. Uh, Song of Iron. Song of Iron, that's it. He did that all by himself. Yeah, exactly. All by himself. Yeah, and Stardew Valley went... as well. Stardew so. Valley, oh my gosh, even better example. Stardew Valley. Um, and then, of course, obviously back to Toby Fox. And then, oh my gosh, uh, Mahjong, or however you say it, Mo Yang. Mo How Yang. do you say it? Mo Yang. Uh, do you uh, mean Notch? Notch. Who is a terrible person, but that's not the point. But he made Minecraft, like he walked but away. But he made Minecraft. He walked away because Microsoft bought it off of him. Yeah. And then created a product you know, that people wanted to play, and he reaped the rewards as a, as a result by self-publishing. Which doesn't happen very often. Uh, it, it's very rare that something like that happens. I'm glad you bring up rare. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> No, How did they, I walk right into no, that? No, because they did, uh, they no, did that themselves, didn't they? They did. Like, back uh, in the day, they ukulele. were just... No, 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 no. no. Let's, oh, let's, oh, let's oh. not talk about ukulele. I'm talking about back <laughs> okay. when. I'm talking about ages oh. and ages ago when they were <laughs> self-publishing their own games that were pretty much just mm-hmm. paid for dumps of games that had been translated across the world and then went, hold on, let's go and buy a Famicom reverse engineer it and then as a result of that they then get a contract with nintendo to make donkey kong country but i know that's such a good also it did help that they spent like 125,000 pounds each on a ridiculous like computer that was meant for animation of film studios that nobody ever thought was ever possible for games i know and then it became the standard uh, yes, they the, they actually do go back and say, yeah, this became the we we knew this was going to become standard. the industry standard, mm-hmm. so we got into the base level. So I mean, but that really tells you. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm an artist background, you know, my company and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it really comes back down to games as art, which is how I see them. Oh, me too. What what my thoughts were the other day, uh, specifically about Red Dead Redemption Two. Games as oops, I hit my one microphone. Uh, games as art, but art cannot exist without a patron. No, it, it, that's that's true from the history of whenever you know, whenever currency and capitalism became a thing. Um, so video games as art, we're stuck here again. Here we are, twenty, you know, twenty-two. Uh, and we have these industry uh, dev or independent indie dev studios mm. who are beholden to publishers who have the money. Yeah. So we as gamers, as the audience, we're missing out on some of these amazing products, these amazing yep. pieces of art, these amazing games, because the publishers or whoever holds the money, just not going to do it. Okay. Just don't want to throw money at it. No, they don't. Yeah. And you, 
I'm going to bring up one more example mm-hmm. for you, and then I'm going to read this last bit, and then sure. we'll move on to the final story. Yep. Bungie. Full circle. I, bring it back I, to Bungie. Yes. yes. You're right. You're right. I mean, Bungie is probably one of the biggest... Bungie brings One of the up biggest the, examples. One of the biggest examples of what constitutes a AAA studio versus an indie studio. In all essence, Bungie is indie. It's an indie oh, studio. Was. Was now and now not yeah. so much. But yeah, more now, of what yeah. I meant more of what I meant by this is that Microsoft obviously lost out on Bungie because they weren't willing to give them the money to develop Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, which I hope I mean as much as I love Microsoft and I am an Xbox fangirl, I hope they're kicking themselves. I'm sure uh, they are. Which is yeah. why they signed so many deals to get all of Destiny stuff on Game Pass. They did, and it didn't work. It did um, for me. It got me playing. Well, that's true. Now, that is true to look so, at at that point of view. Yeah, You're I, correct. I, remember, there. I always said that I was interested in giving it a try, but I wouldn't you pay did, money yeah. for it, and I was stuck mm-hmm. to my word. Yes, I sure. enjoyed some of it. It's just the grind I didn't enjoy. Which I love the grind, but again, as you, I always say, Destiny, you need friends. You I know, I know. I, I know I was going to make a bad <laughs> job there. Definitely not going to make that one. Oh no! What were you gonna say? About no, grinding? not 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 the yeah exactly. Move on. So this <laughs> state, so uh, they so PQ issued a lengthy response to yeah. the claims. So let's move on. To they that. did. So, it was all over social media. But uh, yes, so the response lies below. So this. Oh god! I didn't realize how long it actually was. I would um, not maybe read the whole thing, but... No, I'll read the first couple every of Every other... Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. so we enjoyed working with Corsell on our uh, first project together, and Corsell were very happy with the success of this. We were pleased to work again with Corsell on Eternal Blade 2, and despite delays and quality issues, we endeavoured to release the game in October 2019 for them as they requested. At our post-launch meeting in 2020, uh, January 2020, Corsell acknowledges significant pro- uh, product quality issues, and agreed to provide critical fixes in order to make the game commercially viable. Unfortunately, these fixes never materialised and Corsell remained unresponsive. P-Cube remained prepared to pay the full guarantee for the game, despite the poor, very poor reviews and sales, and to publish the PC version in line with P-Cube's option in the agreement. Corsell agreed in March 2020 to provide the PC version to P-Cube, but then proceeded to list and then release the PC version itself without further discussion mm-hmm. with P-Cube. Over yeah. the following two years, P-Cube pro- uh, proposed and sent numerous proposals and supporting agreements to revert rights to Corsell in line with their request, but these were not acknowledged by Corsell. Uh, nevertheless, despite all of the challenges and lack of communication with Corsell, P-Cube released its rights to the console versions back to Corsell well before the end of the agreement term. We remain open to support Corsell in any way possible. I think that's probably where we'll leave it from there. Yeah, I think that's actually a good summary, to be honest. It probably was. So I'm not sure what to think in this issue because obviously, you know, he says, she says, you know, BS. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, yeah. Uh, I think that really comes down to what we literally just said, which is developers versus publishers. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure it was said in that previous episode as well, like with the developers is, you know, yeah. be careful with your property and your IP. Yep. So. Yeah, that is something, actually, I want to go forth and say to anyone that's listening, um, God, it depends on what you want as your goal. 
But if you have an IP and you love that IP and you believe in that IP, I can't mm. say, oh, sell it to a developer. No, you know? I can't. Can't in my right mind say that either. I'm going to give an example that is not game related. It's silly, but I can't help it. It's actually a good example. Uh, so Sandman, which is a DC comic that was written way back in the 90s by Neil Gaiman. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, he's just a very prolific comic writer and then book writer. Yeah. So he created this property back in the 90s. It was sold because it's a DC property, obviously. It was sold to various companies, uh, screenwriting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was sold to Warner. The most notorious one, I would say, was sold to Warner. Uh, then uh, Warner's treatment of it in the their screenwriting was terrible and has nothing to do with the actual comic so it folded it didn't do well he held on to the ip neil gaiman did he held on to it he held on to it he held on to it we're 20 years later or 30 years later 30 years later oh my gosh Pete. <laughs> yes we're so 30 years later neil gaiman Still controlling his IP, got to finally make his own product. Yeah. It is now globally the number one Netflix show worldwide. And it is exactly how he wanted it to be. So having said that, uh, my point being, if you're out there and you think, should I give up my art just to have my product made, just to make some money? Yeah. This is what happens, you know? Oh, it is, hang yeah, on. for sure. Yeah. You know, hang on to your IP. Save up, get money, make the thing, make the product, mm. in this instance, of course, games, uh, what you want it to be. Uh, that's how I feel anyway. I'm very independent. I'm very, like, own your own IP type person. Sure. Um, because this is a perfect example, what Pete has read through, uh, is a perfect example of what can happen if you that give up your happen. IP. And does happen frequently. Yes, yeah. exactly. Just one exactly. one more for as a hypothetical mm -hmm. in this situation. Sure. How do you think Mike Mignola feels about the, the two failed attempts at Hellboy? I say this failed. One, one's, av one's average uh, and one's appalling. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed uh, Guillermo's uh, version. I mean, it's still, it's uh, not... Stylistically, yes. Uh, Writing-wise, yeah. oh God. It's not exactly, you know, Hellboy, but it's uh, the closest. Uh, well, yeah, it's definitely better than the newer version. That was a train wreck waiting to happen. I don't know how they got that so wrong. And also, I, I don't know why they made it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea why they made it either. But yeah, as a big fan but, of the Hellboy property, uh, that they took ooh, proverbial he, dumps on those. Look, I'm going to be the first to admit I wasn't a fan of Hellboy beforehand because I didn't know of the character, but... Since oh, really? the films no, came out, good. oh god, yeah. Oh, okay, the comics are good. Um, no, so oh when I gosh. no when I saw the first trailer for Hellboy, that's when right? I went, okay, I'm gonna go and read these these stories, and I oh, did, and I'm god. a huge fan well, now. See, that's the thing. I'm sorry for our audience, but you guys love this too. I'm gonna go off on a tangent, <laughs> <laughs> but look, we have you are told to love this. Exactly. Um, but no, that's that's the thing. And this is what I wish. And this kind of comes back full circle to our Halo talk, which is 
develop uh no not developers production studios like warner and uh disney and sony and all this kind of stuff mm. um if you would just listen to the fans and give the fans what they want yes uh certain things like hellboy and sure. other comic book based mediums mm. they will take off i mean right i know pete doesn't love deadpool that's okay that's established but <laughs> ryan reynolds no, I appreciate Deadpool. the story behind <laughs> making Deadpool. I, right, that, that's exactly. the thing that I appreciate the most about it. It's just yeah. for all the hype behind the film, that the, the film was crap. Um, <laughs> but anyway. But the point being, you know, Ryan Reynolds was a fan before it was even a thing, you know. Um, to play and Deadpool so... in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> and then so... play Deadpool in a bad way again. So yes, a better bad go. way. A better bad way, yes. Oh, I cannot wait. I can't wait for Deadpool 3. I'm not going to lie. I can't, I can't but, wait for it to be part of the MCU and me to cover it on Neverwatch and to rip it apart. Oh my gosh. Watch, you may love it. <laughs> but, no, because Disney are making it. See, I just want <laughs> I just the, oh that look gosh. of pain in your face. I, I know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just remember um, the realisation that Disney employs 12-year-olds to write yeah. their movies at the moment. Look, can we just agree that Disney is crap when it comes yes. to Marvel movies? We will, we okay. will absolutely agree. Uh, see, because, like, I went in... I know this is a tangent, but you know what? This is our loosey-goosey episode. Yeah, we've got I one more story in, to cover anyway, so... I went into Thor, Love and Thunder being like, I'm not going to listen to the haters. Pete being a hater. <laughs> I'm I have not, good you reasons. Know, yeah, sometimes I don't I agree with Pete. I, okay, let me but... tell you what my good reasons were, right? And I think uh -huh. it's the most important one of all. I had eyes, I have ears, and I watched the trailers. <laughs> well, see, here's the funny thing. Like, Pete and I disagree a lot, but when a we lot. agree, we agree like one, like we're in perfect alignment when we, we do either agree. disagree wholeheartedly or agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no in between, honestly. And so Pete's like, no, not into like Pete was way back when the trailer was released. No, this is I don't nope. And I'm like, oh, but <laughs> look, the trailer... oh, look, buff fours like jangling yeah. chains. Oh, look, keychain. Look. <laughs> see, there's like... the metaphor right there. And I'm all like, it's rainbows. It's pretty. Exactly. It's wacky, tacky, it's a... whatever his name is. Taika Waititi <laughs> being tacky, tacky Yeah, I can't say his name. And, um, you know, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to be so into this. And holy crap, it was terrible. Fa fact, um, hang on, hang on. Why has no one made that analogy about Taika Waititi yet? Taki Waititi? <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe someone has. It needs to I'm, be. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. <laughs> Look, because For Love and Thunder was the tackiest thing I think I've ever watched on a screen. It was it was tacky. I'm not going to disagree. I can't it's, believe it's this. It was a 1980s aesthetic front room that well, I love that. I'll tell you what I did. Giant key like. in the middle of the bloody room. <laughs> but we I'll tell know you what, what the key bowl was for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I didn't like about Thor Love and Thunder. Which is, okay, so I've been a Marvel Comics reader since I was 13 years old. Marvel is known for its its humor and its quips. And that's great, because I love that. I, lo I, mean, I love I, that. I, I like it when it's done correctly. Well, that's the thing. Thor Love and Thunder was not doing that thing. Like, you can have... 
Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example, the first one. You can have this intense emotional scene. Oh, no, Deadpool's a good example too, Pete. Uh, intense emotional ex uh, scene. And you're like near tears. And Sorry, then the no next intense moment, emotional scenes in Deadpool? I don't recall any. Uh, towards the end, and then Deadpool 2 did a little bit better. But. Uh, yeah, Deadpool, uh, that's where I was thinking you were probably going to mention it. <laughs> Deadpool 2 probably definitely did it better. But then you, you you laugh in the next scene. Like, if you can do the really intense emotional and then laughing afterwards, I love that. I will yeah. watch your movie. I will be your fan. Yeah, I will puts, support you. Yeah, it puts you on the spectrum Your... of emotion that's absolutely fantastic, really. Because you can go from, like, bitterly yeah. low to incredible high, that. like, within seconds. Oh, give me that. That's why I, they call it the roller coaster I, oh. of emotions. Yeah. Like, I hunger for that. Yeah, me too. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder could not handle dramatic and then comedy. They did this weird hybrid and it was uncomfortable and it was not good. It's like the film was written by a seven-year-old for a seven-year-old. Yeah, I was like, wait, no? Oh, look, flashy <laughs> no. thing in front of you, but we can't write emotional scenes. Yeah, it's like Taki Wadi, Waki Taki, I can't remember his name. Uh, I'm never going to say gonna it right. It's going to start bordering on racism soon enough. I think we should no. stop. No. <laughs> what, you mean no. calling him Taki Waki or whatever? It I can't was. say his name. That's what I mean. I'm um, just going to start to wonder. But I want to be very clear that I didn't like Jojo Rabbit either, which, Pete, I think you did like no, it. No, Jojo Rabbit's fantastic. Yeah, see, I But it's different I from, like apparently, it. it's very different from the books. Right, which I still need to read because I think I would like the book. Um, I don't like that jarring transition. I like the kind of smooth transition. I see of... what you mean by it. Yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah. I, I really like the premise of the film itself, though, and I thought yeah. it was very well acted more than anything. Oh no, I'll give you that. It is it is actually a well acted film. Um, so Thor: Love and Thunder though just failed so much. So that told me that Disney ain't great at yeah. Marvel films. So I don't remember what kicked that doesn't, off. It doesn't was something matter. about video game narratives, I think. It was probably <laughs> dealing with our final story, the, the la well, the second probably. To last story. Probably move we on to with. the last story. <laughs> shall we? Shall we talk about big publishers? Yes, please, because that's. I and think big, that's where I'm big, going. Big companies. Yes. Because I think this is no surprise this will be the final story of this week. Yes. UK Watchdog recommends Activision Blizzard deal with Xbox in for in-depth investigation amid competition concerns. And this cracks me up so many levels, but go ahead, Pete. And do you want to know the more shocking thing about this story? What's that? Kylie recommended this story. <laughs> Big shock. Woo. You contributed <laughs> to a news story this week. I did. I actually did. I know. But you, you I were the first, lot. actually. You you posted this first. Usually it was me on on on. The, the it's, true. So, it's true. So anyway, the UK competition regulators' inquiry into Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard may be expanded over competition concerns. The Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, confirmed last month that it had opened an investigation into the $68.7 billion deal, the game uh, game industry's biggest uh, ever by far. I mean, let's not determine the fact that it's one of the biggest in the world, ever. Right. So. 69, uh, nice. 
<laughs> nearly 69. You can't quite call it. <laughs> it's point three of a billion out, all right? Anyway. Uh, yes, I have a feed- lot to say. Yes, I've got a fair bit I want to say about this as well. After gathering feedback from third parties with an interest in the proposed deal, the CMA said on Thursday that it has a number of outstanding concerns it must be addressed. Uh, this is a quote following our phase one investigation. We are all concerned that Microsoft could use it, its control over popular games like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft post-merger to harm rivals, including recent and future rivals in multi-game subscription services and online game, uh, cloud gaming, uh, said Sorcher O'Carroll, a senior developer of mergers at the CMA. Uh, if our current concerns are not addressed, we plan to explore this deal in an in-depth phase two investigation to reach a decision that works in the interest of the UK gamers and businesses. The CMA said Microsoft and Activision Blizzard now have until September 8th to, uh, to submit proposals, so in a few days' time, uh, addressing its concerns, and that if suitable proposals are not received, uh, then the deal will be referred to further investigation. Uh, phase two investigations see the CMA appoint an independent panel to scrutinise deals in further detail and evaluate if they are more likely than not to result in a substantial lessening of competition. <clears throat> anyway, in its summary of the phase one of the investigation, the CMA said it is, uh, it is concerned that if Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard, it could harm rivals. Uh, we've, I think we've already seen that. Anyway... Uh, it added CMA has also received evidence about the potential impact of combining Activision Blizzard with Microsoft's broader ecosystem. Microsoft uh, already has a leading games console in the Xbox, a leading cloud platform, which is Azure, and a leading PC operating system, such as Windows OS, all of which could be important to its uh, success in cloud gaming. The CMA is concerned that Microsoft could leverage Activision Blizzard games together with Microsoft's strength across cloud, console, and PC operating systems, to damage competition in the, the uh, nascent market uh, for online cloud uh, services. Anyway, I'm kind of bored of reading this jargon anyway. We kind right. of know what it means. But, yes. Uh, anyway, there is a little bit of a thing that is stated by Phil Spencer from uh, to Bloomberg. So yep. in a Bloomberg interview published uh, last week, Xbox uh, boss Phil Spencer expressed uh, confidence in the progress Microsoft is making towards planned acquisition, though he admitted he is in uncharted territory given the scale of the deal. Uh, The proposed acquisition is being scrutinised by multiple regulators and concerns of potential antitrust issues. Spencer told Bloomberg, I feel good about the progress that we've been making, but I go into the process supportive of people who who maybe aren't as close to the gaming industry asking good, hard questions about what is our intent. What does this mean? If you play it out over five years, is it constricting the market? Is it growing a market? Uh, I've never done a $70 billion deal. I'm pretty sure most of us haven't, Phil, but carry on. Uh, So I don't know what my confidence uh, confidence means, he added. I will say the discussions uh, have been uh, seemed positive. Anyway. Uh, last week, it was claimed that Saudi Arabia has become the first regulatory authority to approve the deal. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's. I think that's essentially where the article pretty much ends anyway. So, um, I think there was some other follow-ups to this, wasn't there? There was. So, do you, uh, want, do, do you know what the follow-ups are? Well, there was a lot of, like, graphics uh, percentages, like official yeah. graphics. And it showed that Sony, surprisingly, surprisingly to me, 
um, owns way more of the market share than Xbox does. It does. Well, yeah, you have to look at the fact that, you know, every single console that Sony have uh, released, with exception mm-hmm. to the PlayStation 3, sold over 100 million units. There are a lot yeah. of people in their ecosystem. You know, the it's, PlayStation 4 was a huge seller for them as well. It was. Um, and it's it's crazy to think... First of all, let's establish that the CMA is just a formality. Um, it doesn't actually determine whether... Microsoft will be able to buy Activision or not, mm. um, which is fine. Uh, and believe me, Microsoft has checked all of their, you know, what is it dotted all their I's, crossed all their T's? I think it's the dotted way they the say I's, that. crossed the T's. Yeah, yeah that. Um, so this is really a formality more than anything. Mm-hmm. But I think I saw a graphic that was really interesting that showed if Sony didn't have COD it would actually put it on par with Xbox. Yeah, I'm sure Instead of giving it a greater market share, which I was just like, I was actually stunned by that. But as Phil Spencer has said, they have no plans to make, uh, you know, COD, you know, only on Xbox, Mm. which I think was a direct, uh, a direct response to this CMA thing. Uh, so I think that as long as they keep touting the line that, you know, COD is going to be all, open all platforms, blah, 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 you know, uh, I don't think they have anything to worry about. I never thought they've had anything to worry about, but I definitely don't think they have anything to worry about now. Mm. Um, but it is crazy to me how they the CMA just keeps hammering this. And you have to wonder, like, what's the motivation behind that? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I definitely agree because obviously, like this is a huge deal for Sony as a as a mm-hmm. whole because um, yeah, Sony's been making some stupid, dumb decisions as we mentioned at the top of the show. We had uh, so they're looking at this as like a oh god, we're going to lose one of our biggest third party contributors here, right? And probably understandably so as well. Like it's a lot of money on the table here. Like you have it to is. look at it in that respect, but. I don't necessarily feel that having Activision Blizzard is going to be an anti anti competitive thing no, I, because I don't think so. they are a huge publisher and they've got a huge amount of studios and IPs and therefore as a result generate a lot of revenue but that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that they are the sole center of the industry because right. you, ha- you do have big publishers out there like Capcom mm-hmm. Konami Ubisoft EA and yeah. some of the aforementioned more indie-centered uh, publishers, and that's not even taking into account the freaking Embracer Group at the moment. See, that's the third piece of this puzzle <laughs> of this graphic that I saw. Mm. Embracer actually has the biggest market share. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and this this is the problem with it is that mm-hmm. Microsoft don't have that big of a market share in terms nope. of gaming. They do have nope. a huge market share when it comes to online infrastructure, cloud services, right. and mm-hmm. uh, and PC hardware, like was stated in there. So yep. whilst it may not look like it's that big of a deal, it will be a big deal come 5, 10, 15 years' time. Yeah. Who knows? That could be the only way that we end up playing games. And as a result, if they are in the Xbox ecosystem and going nowhere else, you could see the potential for this being anti-competitive in some way. But I don't necessarily think it is. 
because there are so I, many others out there that this doesn't make right. it the cornerstone of the industry like everyone I is starting to believe it is Oops. right like if you look at the graphic that's been going around uh microsoft really has a small percentage share mm. but if you go on like t talking about the cma which i don't agree with but whatever uh you know they can't say i mean they can say but it doesn't have any power of oh in the future microsoft is going to be the ruler of all or whatever no um that that's not right is how i feel i'm no it wouldn't be right to even say that right exactly um and again i want to stress to our audience that the cma's uh, evaluation is strictly just procedural it doesn't it's a referendum it doesn't have actual political weight but it's something to think about yeah um but it's like really when you see it broken down microsoft does not have that big of a share no strictly talking gaming as pete said strictly talking gaming um sony actually has a bigger market share but the embracer group has the biggest it, yeah because it Especially just keeps buying studios. yeah it just buys yeah. up studios that's more of what it does so therefore God exactly up IPs as, a, as a result of it but anyway, exactly. this, this is coming from The Verge because this is the update to the story. Mm -hmm. Microsoft will keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for several more yeah. years beyond the existing deal. So yep. they, they've essentially confirmed that the biggest game on the platform, mm -hmm. the one that they were the most worried about, will stay that way. And I think this one got made public because of the CMA stuff. I do as, as well. I agree with that. Um, but it's also a good market move because think about it. There's so much involved with like COD competitions, uh, mm. you know, like, um, uh, I can't remember what they're a part of, but you know, like they're, they're, it, it's a big production when you yeah. do like COD, you know, type things. And, um, they would be losing out on so much money and I oh, just can't absolutely. see Microsoft ever doing that. They would yeah, never I cut market off well no this way. is what we always said we never felt that call of duty mm -hmm. was ever going to go exclusive i know a lot of people right. out there did say that they were there afraid of it yeah there was a potential that it could happen mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is is they're never going to do that because it's a huge no. market like it's incredible exactly. like and look at the i know they're not about console wars things like that and all that sort of stuff you know but right. You remember all the uh, all the Microsoft fans were getting up in arms about seeing the PlayStation Studios logo on the game on on MLB the mm -hmm. Show when it was a Game Pass, right? Well, now right. there's going to be the reverse where it'll be Microsoft Game Studios mm -hmm. on the PlayStation with Call of Duty. If Here's this deal goes through, it it will go through but it will, yeah i'm certain yeah. of the fact it's gonna go through yeah. but the fact of the matter is it's like you know those console warriors are gonna throw shade at each other and it's gonna be a reason to throw That's shade and it'll be funny just to watch from a distance oh it's hilarious because here's the thing uh, something we've stated on the show many times the hardware under the hood is same. all the same i mean you look know, look at the boring together okay let me bring this back the boring show that we did where we talked about all the innards, <laughs> which ended up being a highly listened shows at the time. Episode. Yes. Where we went into excruciating detail about it. <laughs> the only small difference was, was what? Do you uh -huh. remember? 
I don't remember, but yeah. The Terraflops. That was it. Oh, freaking Terraflops. It was all That's about right. the floppage, because I think Which we was even made a joke made about it. We did. We <laughs> did, because that... That's why I forgot about it, because it's such an inane, not important part of the ultimate discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah, because under the hood, Xboxes have Sony parts, and PlayStations have Xbox parts. Well, or yeah, Microsoft because parts, hmm, where do you think the Blu-ray drive comes from? Right. Mm, I wonder. Exactly. Um, Sony. Yeah. So it is quite hilarious to see all of these console warriors, you know, fighting against each other. And as we move into the future, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be just like Phil Spencer said. I mean, Father Phil. <laughs> just uh, like okay, said, right. I'm just gonna say, just say this. I'm not totally sure about Phil Spencer anymore. Oh, I love him. Uh, no, but I, I, love I him like him as a presence. I'm just not well, sure he's cut out to be the head of Xbox gaming. I if know. He's too nice. He, but, he's too um, nice. He's not cutthroat enough. And look at how many um, games are coming out in 2022 from Microsoft. But it's so funny because we did an episode on here uh, about where we read the behind the scenes emails. Oh, yeah. The, the old dramatic the reading. Yeah. Yeah. And Phil Spencer's emails are so so wholesome and they're so nice they are but he <laughs> like, i love he needs to be so a bit more much. cutthroat to run a business like xbox game studios i think well the funny thing is this latest thing he said which is he wants to see you know everyone be cross compatible hmm. um i don't think he's wrong i think in 10 years it's gonna be like you know how like everyone drives different cars but they're yep. still cars mm-hmm. i think that's gonna be how you know the video game consoles are they'll be different consoles but they're the same under the hood you know what i mean they just have different names type of thing um and i want to see the cross console compatibility because like i mean fall guys is a perfect example um being able to play with pete uh sometimes he's out walking so he plays on his switch sometimes he's at home and he plays on his playstation you know most of the time i'm playing on pc and then PC the other time uh and being able to switch up like that yeah, I think that switch. that's <laughs> but I really do I think that's the future and I, I embrace I'd it I'd have to agree, I'd have uh-huh. to agree. no pun intended uh, intended for embracer group. yeah anyway that's the end of our news story yes. for this week yes we did a long show we did two hours on news oh I know we're currently on two hours and two on the uh, recording. Uh, yeah, I'll do run through like these last comments. Said. Yeah, anyway, I was so, gonna yeah. say, go for this. <laughs> uh, it says it's not unexpected that uh, one of the antitrust boards would want to probe deeper. However, I don't agree right. with the reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. COD does have competition. Game Pass has competition. X Cloud has competition. They shouldn't punish Microsoft for being the best at those. I agree, hundred percent. Mm. Uh, and I don't see how the acquisition has anything to do with Windows and Azure. Well, I think we've explained why we think it's going to be involved. Uh, even after the acquisition, Microsoft will still be number three in gaming revenue. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Microsoft That's knows Cause is one of the biggest franchises that makes so much money. It would be dumb for Microsoft to make it exclusive. Yeah, we're agreeing with our points there. Yep. And Warframe <laughs> will be cross-play soon. If an indie studio can do it, anyone can. Agreed. There you go. That's it. I mean, really, if you're an up-and-coming developer slash publisher, but mostly developer, 
Yeah. Um, go cross platform. I mean, if you can. Nice. Yeah, because I That's love nice. being able to play with my friends. Yeah, me too. You know, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, shall we close the show out? It's gone long. I guess we should, since the leads at our two hours. Uh, but Pete, we need to talk about the schedule. Yes, the schedule. Um, this has been a really good show, but I'm going to turn this over to Pete because there is a reason we're going on hiatus, and it's a good reason, not a scary bad reason. Pete, would you like to tell him? Yes, the good reason is, is I'm quitting the show, and you'll be like, no, no, <laughs> can't carry on with that. No, no. that's not happening <laughs> ever. No. no, the good reason is, is because I'm taking some well-earned time off. Yes, he is. Uh, so I'm going on vacation. And I'm actually mm-hmm. leaving the country, so it will be impossible for me to even try and do a podcast, or edit, or post any tweets, mm-hmm. or do any of that. I will have internet. It's not like I'm going into the we... Outer Hebrides or something. Yeah. Oh. Oh. There's nothing wrong with that. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's not like I'm going there. I won't be in the middle of a jungle with no with a satellite phone. But I. I mean. Do know that for our audience, we did discuss the you know potential for doing that, and you know what? It, it just came down to Pete deserves a break. I mean, not even just that, but time but zones most... and shit like that. Exactly, so, you know, it's definitely like, not. Yeah, let's just let's just take a break. It's our first real break since we started this two years ago. Yes, two I know. Kind of. I'd say we've had little minor breaks here and there, like minor, a week but here nothing, and there, but nothing yeah. major. And yes, the schedule's no. been a bit off the last few, last month or so. Things have happened. Things have been weird. But yeah, anyway, so yeah. So for the next couple of weeks, you will not see an episode on the Monday as you would usually see. Sorry about that. I need some time off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 100%. Uh, so these coming weeks, so we will be back uh, as of recording, potentially. Uh, thanks, Brent. Much appreciated. Said I'm going to miss the show during the hiatus. Yeah. Uh, so we should potentially, tentatively, be back on the 25th of September. Yeah. But that Which does lead good. us on to our next point. You may start seeing the schedule changing a lot more because we are going to try yeah. something out. So we, we we have made notice of one particular thing that we are somewhat more popular to our American listeners and viewers. We are. It's so true. we're we're going to try and start times that might cater to them a little bit more. That's mm-hmm. not going to be outrageous for UK people either, because mm-hmm. we have done a recording with someone in Japan, and ten o'clock in the evening was not fun for us. Oh wow, that was a fun great episode. Great episode. <laughs> great episode. Really episode. interesting, but I was exhausted at the end of it. I was so tired, and all of that. So. Well- no, funny you we'll get, say get, that, get, get into that, get into that, get into that, get into that. <laughs> just shush. Anyway, I'm in a roll. Um, so yeah, you're going to start seeing the things changing. So we're going to try to start experimenting with the days that the podcast is going to be streamed yeah. on Twitch, and therefore, as a result, released to the general public the next day. So yeah. it might be a Monday, might be a Wednesday, be a might be a Friday. But we're just going to try. We are going to try some things out. We're going to throw some yep. throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks, proverbially. Yep. So next, we'll say once I return, uh, the 25th will stay as normal, probably, and then we'll uh, start Sorry. experimenting yeah. after that. So yeah, just keep an eye out on the socials. Those are in uh, in mm-hmm. in the outro to this show, so keep a listen out and you know where we are, obviously. But we'll be on our personal Twitters as well as we sort of oh, yeah. explore this thing, because, you know, 
I wouldn't say we've neglected our American listeners as much, but three o'clock in the afternoon for most is uh, is early morning for them. So yeah, Brent's a lot of Americans go. Yes, exactly. A lot of Americans go to church on Sundays. And that so, too, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Oh yeah, that's coming up soon as well. The Gotti episode. Oh, so, yeah, gosh. we need to start experimenting with that one too. So that's gonna be a weird one this year, and you know it is. No, I know. <laughs> I. I I might have a few ideas I want to talk about with that. Yeah, because well, I'm not sure how we're going to handle this one this year. Yeah, I don't uh, want to repeat of last year. Last year was crazy. Anyway, so yeah, just just let me know. Next few weeks, we're off. We're off uh, yeah. out year out years for the next few weeks. You can get a, get a rest. Yeah, a little rest. But then when we come back, we are coming back hard. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, coming back refreshed, ready yeah. to go. Maybe even some life-changing news. Ooh, yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah, um, it's true. I'm excited. Maybe. Repeat. Anyway. It will be. But anyway, right. yes. Right. 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 Let's, yeah. let's wrap this yeah. show on the road. It's nearly show. two hours and yes. ten minutes. God damn. Okay. It's true. Um, but anyway, we thank you so much to our audience uh, for stopping by. And yes, Dana, I see you. Hey, was super busy today, but I wanted to at least drop by and say hi. Thank you hi. so much. Um, yes. Be sure to go back and, and watch the rest. Yes, definitely watch the rest. You guys, go back, watch all the viads, viads. Or you can wait uh, until tomorrow morning when it goes out on the uh, on the podcast. Oh, that too. Of course. Let us know if you do watch and listen. It makes us feel good. Always. Um, and also let us know what you want to see in the future. Yeah, uh, more platforms in the future. Always. More production yeah, or value on the video versions. More ideas, you know. Although we do have got some, we do. We've got some. We do got some ideas. We've got some ideas. But <clears throat> we love, you know, feedback of any kind. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for us. So thank you so much to our watchers and our uh, listeners. Uh, hang on, hang on. Where do they find you on social media? Uh, I forgot about that stuff, Pete. Um, okay, so we'll do this reverse. Yours okay, first. So you- yep. We can see that's weird. Uh, you can find me at Kylie Tukreed, K L E Y T H G R E E T on Twitter. Um, I don't talk about anything. I just think things and then tweet Void. them. Tweet blast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shouting in um, for that is Twitter. That's all I do. So you're gonna get poetry. You're going to get weird things, and sometimes you might get game stuff, but not always. Um, or, or so or pictures of wet days. Oh, yes. Uh, for the next, like, six weeks, I will be exploring the island of Ireland and Scotland. I'm going over to Scotland. Nice. Uh, closer to the end of this month. Cool, um, cool. To my favorite place, which is Fort William. Uh, Very So you'll cool. see some pictures of that. Um, uh, but that's really about it for me. So, Pete, where can they find you? Pete Beckett one on Twitter, spelled B-E-C-K-E-T-T, and the number one. Keep a lookout because you'll be finding some some stuff over the next few weeks let's say uh, like i said i'm on holiday so you might start seeing some pictures of me on a sunbed or whatever doing whatever yes. but i've got Tune a few in. reviews that are coming up over the next few weeks as well one of them i'm particularly more proud of the fact that i'm branching out and doing something very different i will give you the smallest of hints for the video people but i am reviewing a phone so yes i'm not telling you which one so keep I an know, eye out. That's going to be coming out. That'll be coming out either in the next couple of weeks when I've finished it. I might even finish it whilst I'm on holiday. Right. So 
good idea. But yes, please check out Never Watchers as well on the good yeah. good and bad podcast players. We are a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast that I do with my friend Kurt. Yeah, it's really good. Like, it actually is. Yeah, we're on um, to What If next. Ooh, I'm excited about that, Pete. There's some What If episodes that are really good. But well, I think... Spoiler alert, I finished been... it and I'll talk to you about that Thank afterwards. You. I finished yeah. it. Well, well, well. Yes, um, I-, I could talk but... after this episode. Let's talk about that, actually. Yes, I can't talk too long, though, because I drank an no, entire that's... bottle of wine. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting close to that point where I need fresh air because I've had to close my windows. Um, so oh, anyway, yeah, let's close it. Yeah, let's close but... it. All right. Uh, I want to thank our watchers and Yeah, you've done that. So it's just the final, fin- final line, final line. Okay. <laughs> you're all waiting. And you know you want to hear it. The last bit of this line, which is, thank you for watching and listening. And we will see you next week. Hey, she said the Bye. line. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Please check us out on SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us on social media at Rapid Reviews UK or the podcast specific Twitter at RR Radio Pod. Please follow us on Twitch at Rapid Reviews. The music is made by Johnny Atler. Please check out Gametal on YouTube. And for everything else, please visit www.rapidreviewsuk for all the latest reviews. Bye.